when we not talk about family when family's all that we got everything i would do you were standing there by my side and now you're gonna be with me for the last time hello and welcome to too fast too forever there's all kinds of family we chose this one this is episode 36 the fast and the furious tokyo drift lap 4 i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and this episode is brought to you by soft softbank do you know what that is Ooh. is it the japanese softbank it is, but do you know what SoftBank is? Uh, one okay. of three guesses, either money, cars, or computers. Now it's time to open the box you got from them, and you will learn that it is Rip. probably the largest flap, flap. cell phone provider in Japan. There we go. Yeah, it's like the largest like uh, telecom. So if you need to you know, videotape your friends racing down a mountain... In what seems like 1080p. Yeah, exactly. Shout out SoftBank. Well, they had 4G long before us, so... They are... You know, my boss just went over there uh, uh, two months ago. I think we talked yeah. about it on this podcast briefly. And they, like, the, just the, the videos he took, it's just it's it's crazy how advanced everything is over there. Compared oh, yeah. To here. I always say I was in Japan in 2006 or seven. That's, what, 10 years ago now. And they had, like, emojis on their phones and, like, full browsers on, like prepaid flip phones so it was like way way advanced the cheapest phone that i bought over there was like 10 times better than any phone that existed here at the time did you see there's a video of i think it's a japanese phone it's gotta be that it's a guy up on probably like the 30th floor of a apartment building and he's looking down the courtyard there's two people like playing chess or something down there and he zooms in all the way, and it's, like, crystal clear. Like, it's banana, like, from a phone, you know, hundreds of feet. It's just like, oh, okay, so everybody can see everywhere now, you know, as long as you have one of these phones, I guess. I was mind-blown, and it was the coolest thing ever. But I did have a SoftBank um, account, too. And now I have cool. another one. Thanks, SoftBank. Shout-out, SoftBank. Well, Joe, we're here for Tokyo Drift Lap 4. Coming up after the break will be Dan the Duke Hayden. He went okay. by the Duke in college. It was just a nickname that he went by, and now he's married, and now he doesn't get called that anymore. But I either going to call him Dan or the Duke, and so whatever you want to call him. I know you've not talked to him before, so we're no. going to uh, introduce the two of you later. But cool. uh, Dan joining us a little bit later. He loves these movies, loves Tokyo Drift, awesome. so that is going to be exciting. But before we get there, boy, do we have a podcast opening for you, because there is so much to talk about. We so welcome much. in Mr. We actually Hayden. started earlier, earlier than usual, because we have so much to talk about. So go we ahead. We have slowly moved up the recording time. Like we, when we pivoted to doing all the stuff before the guest comes, we keep moving it up. And now, earlier than ever, because there is, we've got, we've got some news. Yeah, we got a lot of news. What do you want? Before start we get with, to the news, ahead. extracurricular activities. Cool. So let's go chronologically because I feel like that's there's fine. been a lot. That's Even here, too. there's been a lot that's going on. So I think, I think. The first thing of significance that happened in the last two weeks is that I had my family barbecue. Family as in Very family, family that I chose. Yeah, And exactly. you and Rachel and Zach came down. We did. And I had probably about 13 or 14 or 15 people both Saturday and Sunday two weekends ago. And we drank a lot of Coronas, ate a lot of burgers and hot dogs, listened to music, played lawn games, you know, had a bunch of podcast hosts over. Yes. Record stuff for episode 1000 which you'll find of the Cage here, for the Podcast Network, right. which was released on this network, so you have hopefully, maybe, if you want to, heard that by now. And it was a lot of fun. I loved it. I love hosting, and I love having this group of friends over. Yeah, and if you heard, you probably heard from a lot of guys that were on, like, lap two or this lap, you know, at some point. So, three, Mike Manzi was on it. 
the Mikester was here. Brian Rodriguez was here. Yep. Kyle Reinfried, who will be on Fast Five, I think, this lap, will yeah. be here. There All were these guys. other people, too. Oh, Dan, who will be our guest tonight, was there on the Sunday. You, you came down Saturday, but yeah. on Sunday he was here. But yeah, a lot of people that were or will be on this podcast were there. And it's just a good time. Yeah, it was. I had a lot of fun. I like hanging out with those guys. Obviously, we like bullshitting, so. I finally met Nico and Kevo and Jonah, who are the hosts of HTML and Access for Podcast here cool. on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Very and then, cool. weirdly, I ran into Nico and Kevo at the movie theater the following Thursday when I saw Dark Phoenix. Weird. Because we both went to the same showing. There's, they gave away like this like free little keychain with it. So I sent okay. them a picture. They're like, are you here? And I was like, yeah. So I met up with them and saw them. So I had never met them in person. And then twice in five days, you hung out with them. them. It was weird. And then I thought the following Saturday, while you went and did your thing, which I'll let you get to next, but I went over to uh, Chris Podcast's house, or his friend's house, yeah. for his birthday. Chris was on our Tokyo Drift episode last lap, or two laps ago. Yeah. He was, Nico was going to be there, but I think something came up and he wasn't there. But it was going to be three times in a week, which would have been mind-blowing. Yeah. Twice was enough, and then, you know, I had a good time hanging out with Chris, even though he doesn't love Tokyo Drift. Uh, still a good dude. Exactly. I do like Chris. He cracks me up. Other than seeing a couple of movies in theaters, recording a whole bunch of podcasts, that was pretty much my big news last two weeks. I'm taking a work trip, not an eventful work trip, but a work trip next week, so maybe I'll mention that the next cool. episode. But you did a extravagant thing. In addition to coming down okay. for my barbecue, you did a big old thing that I think you've talked about a little bit in previous I think I might have mentioned it. So for my birthday, it was my 30th birthday on Saturday. For my birthday, I wanted to do something that I've been meaning to do for a long time. Uh, my our friend Matt, that we've talked about here, had moved to Atlanta last year. We hadn't gone to visit him yet. Where the but, players play. <laughs> precisely. I wanted to go down to Atlanta because there's a very famous strip club there that's called Magic City. And if, if you're a hip-hop head at all, or you listen to hip-hop, I'm sure you've heard many of the Southern rappers reference Magic City. There's songs just about Magic City. Has our favorite Southern rapper from the last movie and future movies talked about it? Has Ludacris rapped about Magic City? I'm... Oh. I he's think from he Atlanta, has. right? He's he got to Yeah, I think he has. I, Young Jeezy has a full song about Magic City. Future has a song about Magic City. But do you, do you know, like, the cultural relevance of Magic City? Do you know, like, what it means to, like, the rap game? You maybe told me at one point, but I don't remember. Magic City is the strip club where... All of these rappers take their songs first, and the strippers clear the oh. songs. They play them there, and if the strippers like the songs, and they dance to them, then they know the song is going to be good, and it becomes a single. So it's like the car test, but for strippers. Exactly. That's precisely what it is. And also, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that just, when you're in a studio, you make a song with like $100,000 or a million dollars in audio equipment, you bring it out to your cars, yep. shitty speakers, and if it sounds good there... Yes. It sounds good anywhere. I'm not comparing women to cars. Yes, although, exactly. We do love them both on this podcast. We do. But the thing is, so like the strippers are like the clearance. So I've, I've been meaning to go there. I want to go there. It's a, it's a it's a cultural hotspot that maybe some people don't know about. I think what's it's the like, cover to get in? Ten bucks. Oh wow. Okay, so this one that I went to in Atlantic City, which I think I alluded. Oh, I definitely talked about because Don Zaccaduro. Yeah. I heard there. Yes. Create like double that cover and also oh. made you che- made you pay to check your cell phone. So yeah. So I had experience. done to Atlanta. I go with Matt. Like it was me, Matt, Zach, Adam, Rachel. We go down there. They met up with us. We go Friday, Saturday. I wanted to eat lemon pepper wet wings. I so I went to Jared Crickets. I ate some lemon pepper wets, which I like is really looks like the place that they go to in the show Atlanta when he like okay. opens it and he's like these got the sauce on them. I was like in that. So I ate lemon pepper wets there. Fire. 
Really, really good. Highly recommended. Um, we go back. Rachel's parents happened to be in Atlanta for something different. So we went and saw them, got a drink with them, got to say hi. Did you invite them to Magic City? We did. They're just, they're just like, no. Because <laughs> I was like, this is like a very hood strip club. Like, <laughs> And they're like, yeah, no. And we're like, okay, cool. Uh, Rachel's like, we need to go back to the hotel before we go to eat. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So we go back to the hotel. You know, like we're getting ready, getting ready for our dinner reservation. We show up, go to dinner at the steakhouse because I want to get a nice steak before Magic City. You know, this is my birthday day. This is the day of my birthday. My birthday was on Saturday. I'm there, and my buddy Matt's like, how sad are you that our other friend didn't come? Because we had another friend from Boston who's like, loves hip-hop too, wanted to go to Magic City. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, I'm not that sad about it. Like, you know, you can do whatever you want. And he, like, as he says that, he walks in and surprised me. So he flew from Boston that so day. So Matt knew. Matt knew that he was coming. Matt knew and Rachel knew. Like, I, it got me, man. I was, like, torn up. Like, I couldn't believe that he made it. And so he sat down. We ate some steaks. We we all got, like, pretty buzzed before we went to Magic City. Then we, like, got ready. We went to Magic City, and we, like, go in. I had a table. I had bottles. You know, we were all hyped to be there. My buddy just showed up, surprised us, and we had the most epic time at Magic City. I saw shit that I never think I will ever see again, and I've never imagined what I would see before in my life. Well, this is a PG-13 podcast, so try to keep that in mind. But... I'm, no, I am. I'm saying literally just pure athleticism and acrobaticness <laughs> is, is beyond, comprehens- like, beyond comprehension. I saw some Cirque du Soleil shit that night of girls like holding other girls like like i mean like full-on circus performances like swinging from the ceiling we had just had so many questions because i was like i know keeping a pg-13 that these girls are covered in lotion right now so they're not like they're slick so how they're holding each other and swinging from the ceiling i have no idea sheer will and perseverance I guess. It was just an amazing time. We we obviously got really drunk. Um, Rachel had hurt her foot. She fell, like, at some point. Uh, later, we thought we found out she fractured her foot. So, like, in the middle of the show, she's like, I want to go home. We were like, cool. So we put her in a car, sent her back, and we just stayed there until they kicked us out at 3.30, 4 a.m. It was probably one of the coolest nights of my life, and I had so much fun, and I highly recommend that everyone goes to Magic City at some point. I thought that I would be out of place, but I wasn't. <laughs> Everybody was super friendly and very accepting and it was clean that was the first thing that my one friend said like he was like how clean is this bathroom getting back to what you said apparently you're allowed to take pictures everywhere like it's not frowned upon to have your phone out or taking pictures which is super strange for a strip club you know like because you were just saying that you like they had to like lock your phone up right so right. yeah you have to pay to check your phone which was double bullshit yeah no this is this was just like you could just take pictures there's just like tons of people just like taking but like they just don't care and I was like, this is very, very strange. I don't know why this exists. Oh, then we pretty much slept all day Sunday. Then we went to the Pirates-Braves game on Monday night. And then I came home yesterday. And today's Wednesday. And I've just been trying to recover and sleep. But that was my Magic City story. And for everybody that listens that's a hip-hop head, I can confirm that Magic City <laughs> is as rowdy as they make it out to be. And I know why many rappers have songs about it. Because we weren't that baller but we were balling at Magic City, and I can't imagine what it would have been like if we'd have spent like ten grand or twenty grand there. Also, it was like one of the cheapest strip clubs I've ever been. It's it's really weird. Like you didn't need to spend that much money. I think I had spent like two hundred dollars in ones, like for like six hours or something. Like wow, something right. ridi- like no, no, it was like four hours, but still, like that's nothing. So yeah. Well, happy birthday! Thank Welcome you, sir. to the thirties. 
Yeah, it's weird. When it's is weird. Rachel turn 30? I know they're not supposed to ask a woman. In two years or next year or two years? Yeah, she's two. She's 91. So, okay. So she's got two and a half years. I wonder if she'll want to go to Magic City. Yeah, she's gonna, we got to figure out what her uh, crazy 30th is going to be. But Just Magic Mike's Excel tour or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thunder Down Under. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we'll do that. People who are listening might know that we have a Magic Mike's podcast about Channing Tatum as well. There's been news recently that Jesse J has been talking about how good he looks naked. And she's like, yeah, we know. Like, we get it. <laughs> it's not Seem very close to that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there's not much left in my imagination. Anything else you did between the last recording no. and this recording? Because I don't think I did anything else of note. No, that was it. I summed it all up. I went to Atlanta and had, like, the best birthday ever, so that was it. Well, I'm sorry that I couldn't be there, but... It's all uh, good, man. Next, next time or something. I mean, last year for your birthday, we did a Fast and Furious thing. I guess that's the, that's the catch. If, you're gonna, if I'm going to fly somewhere, better have Fast and Furious involved. There was lots of Fast and Fury going on in Magic City, <laughs> but... No cars. We have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash too fast too forever, or we have the coolest news ever. If God. that's too much to Guess remember, what? just go to too fast too forever.com or first news, first news, two f two f dot family, which is apparently a, a top level domain. That'll bring us to our Patreon page for now. For now, it just redirects to the Patreon page. But big point of note there is that you got two domains you can go to now too fast too forever.com, two f two f dot family. There's plans in the works for there. Right. We and did. we say that there's a lot of plans, but go ahead, hit them with the second news. Down the road, down the road. Well, first off, I want to give a shout out to Cassie Wilson, of course. patron number this one. This plays into the second news, though. But also, number two. Guess what? New patron, Jake Freer from Australia. Shout out, Jake. Thank you, Jake, for supporting us and, on Patreon. And hit him with that second news. The exciting thing, Jake already knows this. Cassie probably already knows. So here's the thing. So know. Cassie might know this if she waits to listen until the episode comes out. Cassie might be surprised, because I'm going to drop this beginning part on Patreon when it's edited. Yes. Stickers are here, baby. They're here. We crushed and it. They you are out in it. the mail to our patrons, to yeah. a few friends. Yeah. The uh so that the long awaited, tour begins. That long awaited that that dragging it out of like they're coming. Guess what? They're here. And, and they look they fucking look awesome. Great. Yeah, dude. I'm stoked. I haven't I haven't held them yet. Everything that I've bitched and moaned to him about wanting to do with the stickers came true. And I think that they look great, and I think that you did a great job on doing them, because I can't do any of the work. I can just bitch and moan about stuff. I think together, though, they came out great, and all of your work is appreciated. And so if you see them, and they look great, tell Joey he did a great job. But then remember, that was all my idea, so... So this is interesting. So I just, before we go to the mailbag, I went to iTunes to check out our reviews. I noticed this. Go ahead. We lost a review. We're (laughs) down at 12. And we lost a review from Wells. No longer there. Oh. Did he get banned from iTunes? So maybe, I don't know if Wells got banned from iTunes, or if he deleted his account. Shout out, Wells. Hello, Wells. I don't know where your review went, but uh, not there anymore. Hopefully nobody hacked your uh, iCloud account or something weird. I hope not. I mean, the most important thing is that he did not give us, that they didn't hack it to give us a lower rating, but... You know, yeah, they just deleted it. And Wells, if you don't know this, here's news, I guess. <laughs> maybe, Something's maybe, going on. Maybe now you know. Um, we also found Wells on Twitter because I've been more active on the Too Fast at Too Fast Too Forever. So yes. He's been interacting with us over there. So shout out Wells on social media. Also of note, before we get to the mailbag, we are now on YouTube. Oh yeah, that's a, that's the third piece of the big news. If you search Too Fast, Too Forever, every episode is up there. So here's the thing. We're getting copyright notices on literally every episode. There's only one that, like, Which was makes blocked sense. because of a DJ Shadow song from Tokyo Drift yeah. that they're like, you can't have this video up. So I was able to use YouTube's tools, swap out the music for royalty-free. It's fine. 
at some point in the near future, right, this is this sort of breaks my heart because I love the music that we use here. We're gonna have original theme music, original commercial we break music, need and original to at this point, outro guys. music, I'm just sorry. because we need to play nice with YouTube. And it, it sucks, Wizcleaf. If you're listening and you want to give us clearance on your songs, then let us have them, and we'll use those forever. But until that point, we might not have to be. We might not be able to do that. So for now, though, as you heard in this episode, we saw the same old theme music unless there's a new copyright thing that comes down from the YouTube bandwagon. That's cool. So, I mean, it's on YouTube. There's no video component. It's just a still image the entire time. But yeah. if it's easiest for you to listen to on YouTube, you can you do can. that too. Yeah. So that's cool. Also, also, wait, wait. And, and minor favor, if you guys could go subscribe because we can't get a custom URL. Until we have 100 subscribers. We're up to 16. Yeah, so we've been like... You know, asking people to subscribe. I mean, like, even if you, like, mute it or whatever, just, like, can you please kind of help us get to 100 subscribers? Because I would love to have YouTube.com slash Too Fast Too Forever. That would be yes, pretty Yes, before cool. somebody else steals it. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Also, I know that we have a lot of new listeners that's going to play into the mailbag-ish component of this episode. But if you're a new listener, if you've not emailed in, even if you don't want to write in, like, you know, a long email or whatever... We would love to hear your rankings of these movies. So email family at cageclub.me. If you don't want to be known, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, write in and just say, hey, you're listening. Don't Right, you could just write in and just write us a note privately or no note at all or whatever. But I want to, I just want to have more rankings, share, you know, your name or whatever name you want us to share and the rankings. We have more people because we got like 20. I know we have new listeners. I know people are binging. They're catching up. They're listening. They're finding it. I want to know more rankings. Email family at cageclub.me. So, Joe, I I don't exactly know quite how to articulate. We have somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 or 11 things of note on the mailbag. I'm just going to go through everything because it's like things from other places, emails to us, whatever. So we're going to start at the beginning. First up, email from Cassie Wilson. Subject line, all caught up. Okay. She's going to be so surprised. I'm so excited for Cassie to get her stickers. Go ahead. Hey, fam. I got caught up again and hope to be able to stay up to date in the future. Then fingers crossed emoji. Okay. First off, I really enjoyed the first episode of this lap. As someone who likes making people who haven't seen The Fast and Furious watch it, it was fun getting fresh eyes on my favorite movie of the series. This is with Michael DeManico, if you'll remember, of the Not Home Again podcast. Yeah. The media conversation y'all had was very interesting to me, hearing the perspective of someone being uncomfortable with her flirting in front of Vince, who clearly loves her. I never read it like that. I was under the impression that everyone knows Vince had a crush, and everyone knows it's never going to happen because Mia's not interested. Oh, True. Probably. I also really love that the guest liked Letty the most because same. <laughs> yeah. Letty Michelle Rodriguez ask. really did bring a lot of levity and implied history to the character, which, if we're all being honest, was not fully written well. It's why Letty is felt throughout the series with one quarter of the dialogue of a Brian or a Dom. True. I agree. A question y'all asked that I had an answer to was, what does the Fast and the Furious gut reaction make you think of? For me, it's the late 90s, early 2000s aesthetic, the clothes specifically, and more specifically... Letty's sexed-up grunge style and Vince's mesh tank tops. Mesh tank tops on a man are very interesting. I agree. You know, that's actually a good point. I don't think we've had people, other people write in, but, you know, each episode we're asking guests and we're also answering ourselves because this is the walk down memory chain. What's the first thing that you think about when you think about this movie? If yes. you want to write in for either the movie that we just talked about, that we're about to talk about, a different movie, whatever, family at cageclub.me. Yes. I'm super hyped y'all are finally watching the shorts this lap. I really like Los Bandoleros, which will be out next week, 
yep. as a love letter from Vin Diesel to the Dominican Republic and to the heart of the series that he always refers to, the Dom and Letty relationship. Excited to hear what y'all think about it. Yeah, we've never seen it before either. So it's not like we're not just doing it. Like, we've also never seen it, so. I obviously am super into the minute-by-minute minute of the first movie and, doc- and the document on Patreon, which, again, if you're a patron over there, you get access to our Fast and Furious Minute document. I'm glad she likes the document. I hope you checked it out. We try. I think it's, we're doing pretty good. It's not really. It's not formatted super nicely right now. We're sort of we'll getting our ideas out there, yeah. but eventually it will be nicer. But I do like that. You know, everything we talked about in one easy to read, centralized location. Yes. I love that y'all are getting the details that you have definitely missed or got wrong in the past. I obsess over the super small details, so this is cool. Good. Don't feel bad that there's not more on the Patreon for the pledgers. I enjoy supporting people who like to talk about the series for Infinity. People pay to go see the movies, and with what y'all are doing and how much you put in the podcast, it deserves to be supported. Oh, that's cool. Thank you, Cassie. That was very sweet, and we appreciate you. I agree. Thank you, Cassie, for that that nice note. Um, I do feel like now that we have more things... Now that we sort of have a cadence and a rhythm and sort of know what I can put up there, yes. like the early episodes yes. and the YouTube clip or the Patreon document or, what, or whatever, I feel like there's going to be more on the Patreon over there. But also, now that we have stickers, if you want stickers, now that we have the design that works, we're going to go right into t-shirts and hoodies and All kinds other of stuff. Like stuff. we got, yeah. you know, here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some lead technology. Because you talked about, Joe, you talked okay. about the right? Yeah. Oh, I was also God. thinking... Obviously. I was duh. also thinking... Yeah. I was also thinking... It was like... Is with our logo on it. Uh, yeah, obviously, because I already collect those anyways. Yeah, So, exactly. duh. But the the first one that you said... Yeah. That's, like, top tier, right? Like, that's, like... It's so perfect. Well, especially because it's your idea, so... Well, I mean, I have the best ideas. I just need you to help execute them. That's... Once I have enough money to, like, find somebody to do this, I can just cut you right out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I'm just here. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Oh. Cassie says, I'm going to try super hard to stay on the road from here out. Thanks, Cassie. Well, thank you, Cassie, for writing in. Thank you good for supporting us you. on Patreon. As and I always. hope you enjoy your stickers. I hope you do. They're really cool. I'm so psyched for you to get them. I'm sorry it took so long, but I, they, I think that you'll see that it was worth the wait, hopefully. Well, we so here is, here is my self-imposed deadline that we said on Patreon coming early 2019. And I don't think we're necessarily early 2019, but we are still in the first half of 2019. <laughs> so if we got to July, that is by no definitions early 2019. So I think <laughs> yes. that the fact that we are out in June is good. Okay. Yeah. Next email was a notification from Patreon. New patron, Jake Freer. So thank you again, Jake, for supporting us thank on you, Jake. Patreon. Next email. <laughs> what? Okay. So Wes wrote in two emails this time. I told you about this one. I don't remember, but I've also been drinking for four days, so go ahead. So Wes wrote an email called Burger Time. This is a long dissertation about hamburgers in the Austin area. And he says okay. at the beginning... Well, because I was throwing out some hot takes. I was throwing out hot takes, so... He said this was going to be my normal email, but this discussion about hamburgers got away from me, so it gets its own email. Because remember, this, he sent this on Tuesday morning, and we put up the episode <laughs> on Monday night. And yeah. so... This was only like the first 10 or 11 minutes. So I asked you, I was like, do you think that he got like 12 minutes in, was like, hold on, I need to write an email, and then we're both like, yeah. So I think that's what happened. Yeah, that's says, exactly what happened. Obviously, feel free to omit part or all of this from the next episode, since it's long and probably boring as hell for anyone hoping to hear about the Fast and the Furious. And I wrote back and I said, Wes, <laughs> we've entered into a contract with you and with the rest of our listeners that we must read every email verbatim on air. This is how it is. Unless you ask us not to. Forever. Unless you right. ask us not to, specifically. But yeah. I said, our right. listeners will have the most in-depth knowledge of hamburgers on this side of the Colorado and that side, if any of these fall west of it. Because 
the Colorado actually cuts through Austin, so yeah. both sides. Okay. <laughs> and then we emailed back about a couple places that were not on his list. But okay, okay. so here's here's email burger time from Wes. Okay. Which I may note is longer than his actual email. Perfect. Joe and Joey, and if you don't want to hear burgers, skip forward uh, a minute at a time until you hear us not talking about burgers. So <laughs> it's going to be a while. Joe and Joey, there are several ongoing arguments in the... <laughs> In the world, I'm very passionate about the fact that I think that there shouldn't be arguments at all because there's no objectively correct answer. One of these arguments is the Whataburger versus In-N-Out debate. Well, there is an objective answer, but sure. Mrs. West doesn't feel as strongly (laughs) as I do about some of the pedantic shit I find interesting, but she feels very strongly about this as well. (laughs) Okay. Here's some real quick background on us. I was born in Arlington, right between Dallas and Fort Worth. Okay. And I've moved back and forth between Texas and Arizona several times in my my life. Okay, Brian O'Connor. Barstow much? (laughs) At this point, I've spent more time in Texas, but I spent most of my formative years and met some of my best friends and current wife in Arizona. Cool. Mrs. West lived in Arizona for the first 21 years of her life and Texas for the last 14. I grew up with Whataburger. She grew up with In-N-Out. We have each lots of experience with both places. And what we both agree on without a doubt is that it doesn't matter which one you prefer and neither is the best burger place. Oh, Super hot take. In-N-Out holds a special place in our hearts because in high school and college, we were going to shows a lot and it was pretty much the only place open in the East Valley after 1 a.m. Plus, Joe is right, it is cheap. It's very cheap. Whataburger's great because it's 24 hours, and especially when we had the bakery, I was making a lot of 2 a.m. runs. Plus, they have a lot more customization options. He says, I'm not a fan of yellow mustard myself, which, all right. And the burgers yeah. and drinks are much bigger. Oh, yeah. Also, because the, the combo meal comes with, what, I think, a 32-ounce drink. Like, it comes with a gigantic, yes. like a standard I, I did combo. just get, like, a, I did get, like, a normal drink, and it was, like, supersized. It was, it's, like, it's, slushy, it's big gulp size. Yeah. yeah, it was huge. That's true. I can, Yeah, I can admit that. They both have their drawbacks, though. In-N-Out always has garbage fries. At best, their <sighs> fries are mediocre if you dump a bunch of salt into them. At worst, they're just soggy, slightly cooked potato strings. Well, just let you know, I order mine well done because you can do that at In and Out. That mine aren't soggy potato strings; they're nice, but crispy, you shouldn't have to. Fries. You shouldn't have yeah, to do I, that. I know, but you can if you want to. <sighs> the fries aren't great, though. Everybody admits that. What a burger has great fries, but only about half the time. Actually, their burgers can be pretty hit or miss as well, depending on when you go. Amen. Speaking of which, that thing about them being 24 hours, not always a plus. Don't try to go to Whataburger on a Friday night during the school year because from whatever time a high school football game ends till about 4 a.m., <laughs> the drive through about to be about 10 cars long and the parking lot will be full of high school kids. Makes sense. Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. Also, in that regard, not about burgers, Wes, have you ever tried to go to Torchy's Tacos in Austin, a drive through there? So, Joe, imagine a place that's not fast, it's not Taco Bell. I've been to Torchy's. You know how it's like a, it's not like a, it's like more of like a casual dining experience. Like, it's not upscale like tacos. Right? Yeah. yeah. But like, scale-wise, not like food-wise, but like scale-wise, yeah. They have drive through and it takes forever. Well, I never went to the drive I, I hate yeah. drive throughs in general. Like, unless I'm mandatorily going through a drive through I always want to go inside. Even if I'm taking it to go, I want to go inside and order. Wes, do you have thoughts on Torchy's Tacos drive through Email us. Oh, also, there was a Torchy's Taco Tokyo Drifter Taco that I found on Twitter, and I asked Wes if he got it, and he said no. Uh, I think he had it last year, maybe, but not this year, and he's going to get it next year, so... They have, like, a monthly special taco. Okay. Mrs. West and I were already living here when the In-N-Out, the first In-N-Out, opened in Austin. He says Dallas had them for years before us, and the outrage was mind-boggling. 
People flipped out, but here's the thing. Neither chain's based in Austin, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, there you go. If people want to support a local business, they should, because I can think of four off the top of my head that are better than both places. This is where it comes in. I remember you saying this part about it. The argument can't include them, because local businesses that make burgers can be excellent, and I don't think they're in the same tier as, like, a fast food burger. So, like, that's why when our friends say, like, oh, but this burger place near me is great, and I'm like, yeah, but that's not a fast food chain burger place, you know? Right. Well, we're going to get to that. There's a lot more okay. in this email. Okay. Whataburger was in no danger of being put out of business by In-N-Out. Nope. People complained about another chain moving in and ruining our beautiful city, but they seem to forget Whataburger is also a chain restaurant spanning many states. Exactly. Whatever. People here just hate anything from California moving in, not entirely True. without reason, I guess. Also, Maybe. when I was moving down there, I think there was like 236 new people coming to the city each day, so... If I lived in Austin, I'd be like, get, the, get everything, get out. Just yeah, get the fuck get out. out. Leave my city out. Out, out, out. The point is, it's a stupid argument, Joe. I'm sorry you didn't <laughs> like it, and that's totally fine. I would never force you to eat there again, but In-N-Out is not better. At best, they're the same. Oh, that's not true. I can't take that. Now, here's, my other, now here's my other little soapbox. I'm not much of a okay. food person. This is, this is crazy. This is where I think we turn on Wes. I think this is where Wes makes his heel turn. Okay. I eat because I have to, and a lot of times I resent that. What?! Other than the social benefits of going out to eat with people, it feels like a waste of time and money to me. I know this is very weird to a lot of people, Mrs. West included, but that's just how I am. However... you just, like, on Soylent? You're just going to buy Soylent and just chug I that? I so. I can see if you just could take a pill and just be sustained for the day. I can see that, but it's still... It's Soylent. They have, like, the mixed drink thing. If you don't care about food, then just drink that. It's, like, it's like 50 cents a serving or something. Soylent green as people. Dude, if I could if I could eat the Soylent, I would be so down, but I, I just love food too much. Like, all the flavors and colors and... Oh. However, one food I do really enjoy is a good hamburger. Austin's known for having great barbecue, great ramen, great tacos, but one category that tends to get overlooked is our selection of burgers. So if you ever come out here, I'll give you some pointers on where to go. Joey's right about Pete Terry's, which I said, so here's what I, th- I was like, Pete Terry's, another great fast food chain, probably as big as Whataburger. And Whataburger had like hundreds, if not thousands of locations or something, and Pete yes. Terry's has 15. So not okay. quite on par. It's a chain, but I would still include it, uh, I would still consider it a local business because even though they have about 15 stores now, they're all in the Austin area. Although I did That's see cool. that they just opened one in San Marcos, which is about halfway between Sa- us and San Antonio, and where Texas State is located. Makes sense. He says, he says, Pete Terry's is great. I would say it's probably my favorite fast food burger, which that's all I was saying. And you, you shit down my throat last time, Joe. I don't think it counts as like a big chain because like I think that's what I'm saying. In the argument, I think there's tiers. There's like local chain. That's awesome. You can definitely support them. But like medium-sized chain, like regional chains that span like multiple states. But you were states. talking – the argument came from you were in Texas and talking about Texas fast food burgers. And P. Terry's is a Texas fast food burger. I was talking about the Texas fast food burger, not all Texas fast food burgers. But you were talking about the Texas fast food burger as a way to shit on it so that you could then endorse California. Get out of here, West Coast boy. That's fine. Some of them are also open late Peteris, which is nice, and they're also pretty cheap. Unfortunately, the closest one to us is still about 20-minute drive. That's he nice. says, in terms of truly local places, here are some of my favorites. Maybe Joey can comment on some if he's had them. Number one, these are not in order. They're not ranked. They're just yeah. bullets. Huts. It's on 6th Street. Not the frat bro bar hopping part, so not Dirty 6th, but the older part. I'm guessing East 6th. Okay. Been here forever. Been a while since I've been there, but I've never had a bad experience. It's an Austin institution, which means it's only a matter of time before they get priced out of their location. <laughs> a very depressing way to look at it, but probably not untrue. Very true. So I don't think I had huts. Maybe I did. There was definitely a list I was working my way through of like the best burgers in Austin. I can relate to that fact only because I 
was born and raised in Pittsburgh. All of like my favorite Pittsburgh businesses are going through the same thing right now. Yep. And like they're just getting priced out and like closed, and it's very sad to me too. So yep. I can relate less. Dirty Martins, located on Guadalupe near campus. This is a little greasy spoon diner that actually has a lot of good stuff, but their burgers are the best thing on the menu. I feel like I might have gone there. There was a burger place definitely near campus that I went to. But I don't remember, that name doesn't sound familiar, but I might have gone there. I don't know. Okay. Shortstop, he's a shortstop, gets passed over a lot, but there are a handful of them around town, including one near us, and their burgers are always really good. Nothing fancy about them, but just a good burger, and their fries are always hot and crispy. I had shortstop. Shortstop was good. I don't think it's anything spectacular. Like, it's not It's not the kind of place that I would choose to go to. Uh, but if you're looking for a burger in a pinch, it's a good spot. Good. Also, I think there's a shortstop, I want to say there's a shortstop, like, on my way home, where I used to live in Austin from the Alamo Draft House, South Lamar. So if you needed something, you know, a quick bite after the movie. Yeah. Top Notch. Pretty good local place. Mrs. West and I used to meet at one of their locations for lunch occasionally. I think I went there too. Again, nothing that I remember really. Okay. Mooney's. I think Mooney's started in Cedar Park near us, a little north of Austin. And when I was in high school, it was called Bubba's Ice House. Mm. Now there are at least three locations. Their burgers are always big and delicious. Something about their buns sets them apart. This isn't really a fast food place, though. No drive through just tables and booths, but they serve alcohol. I definitely Ooh. never went to Mooney's. I like the I like the serving booze too. That's always a good plus. But you know what? Like sometimes I feel like burger and a beer is good. It just yeah. it depends on what you feel. You know, sometimes you, you know. want fast food. Sometimes you want burger and a beer. Next one also fits in that category. Hop Dotty, which I don't know if I told you to go to. I don't know if you went to. Hop Dotty's good, but they're also kind of pricey. And this isn't a fast food place. More of a gourmet burger place. So they have some of the more unique burger options. Mm. I've tried a handful of them, and they're all good. But generally, I'm happy to stick with the basic cheeseburger. There are three locations down, no matter which you go to, and expect to stand in line and wait for a table. That is, I think, my second favorite burger in Austin. I okay. love it there. The chicken sandwich is really good. The veggie burger is good, because my sister's vegetarian, so you get that there. They have cool. great beer on tap. They have milkshakes and boozy milkshakes. Hop Dottie is great. There is a crazy long line, but uh, worth going if you're in Austin. Cool. His last one on the list, Waterloo Ice House. It's an honorable mention, because I like burgers enough that if we go somewhere with a large menu and a ton of options, it's like a chili or an Applebee's type of place. I won't order a burger because it's probably only mediocre at best. Waterloo is my one exception to that rule. Their burgers aren't my favorite, but they're good enough that I rarely order anything else there. Plus, their tater tots are the best I think I've ever had. There used to be a handful of these around Austin, and unfortunately, at least two have closed in recent years, including the one we went to most. I'm not sure what that means for the company as a whole, but I think they st- I hope they stick around. I went to Waterloo Ice I House. There was one near where I worked, my office job for that I had for a year. Yeah. It's great. Like the food is really good, good beers on tap, everything cool. really, everything I had there was really good. So definitely for sure Waterloo Ice House. Wes says, Well there it is, my much too long rant on hamburgers. Perfect content for a Fast and Furious podcast, right? Well we're foodies. I mean like I thank you for giving us your awesome burger opinions. Yep. I'm glad that Joey tried some of those places. I mean, well, first of all, my friends and I just like to argue, especially about food. We always like to rank stuff, but then we, we realize that, like, you have to tier everything, right? So yeah. these would be, like, top-tier recommendations because they'd be, like, one-offs and, like, small things. In those, then we could start a whole new argument. And there are two other places that I wrote, Wes, about. They're not fast food chains, but there's one that's Casino El Camino, which is on Dirty Sixth. Yeah. which is where the, the fratty bars are. But maybe my favorite burger in Austin, they have the Amarillo Burger, I think it's called, which is just like a jalapeno, pepper jack cheese, delicious. Their fries are great. It's like this metalish metal punk dive bar. Great music, it. pool table upstairs, good cheap beer, good burgers, awesome. Cool. And then this place called Phil's Ice House, and Phil's is, I think, almost always right next to an Amy's Ice Cream, and Amy's Ice Cream is great. Phil's is great. Phil's has the best chicken sandwich I've ever had. So go check those out if you're in Austin. Yeah. Wes says, Joe, I know you're much more interested in barbecue, 
And while I'm sure no expert is. there, and I think there's a much more divisive topic in general, I can give True. you some pointers on where to go and what to try if you're ever in town. I'm sure you've heard about the big ones, but there's some other places you might want to consider. Just let me know, because if there's one thing Austinites love to talk about, it's the food in Austin. Clearly, even the Austinites who claim they don't really care about food. Wes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we went down there, when you when you visited me right before I moved back, we went yes. to Rudy's, which is gas station barbecue, which was my favorite place in town. It's like a I liked Rudy's. Like it was fucking good. I, I eat barbecue around Texas a lot. The thing with barbecue is, though, that like I can't eat it like four meals at a time, like when I'm in sure. a place. So like yep. I have to hit it like once while I'm there. Like, and I never like live there. I would love to do like a straight barbecue tour, but like eating like half a pound of brisket five times a day would probably make me want to die right you know like even if it was good right i think you got it that's why you got to do like the turkey and the sausage and the brisket and the even that like, but but like i can't eat that much yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and the main thing that i do want is brisket so then i'm like 40 dollars deep at every barbecue spot to eat three bites like i need to go down with like a crew of like six people and we need to just be like we're getting like one barbecue platter and we're just hitting six of them you know just like a like a taster like a like a beer a brewery taster flight like flights for everybody exactly Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I want. That's exactly what I want. Yep. Didn't email in, but friend of the show, Melissa Lynham, messaged me after we talked about the argument. The, we had the argument about burgers. Yes. And she was like, I've got thoughts. She was going to email in, and she said she didn't She didn't have enough thoughts for an email, but she sent me via text her thoughts on Whataburg, or her, her thoughts on In-N-Out. Go ahead. It's not even top five. I'd rather eat McDonald's also, she says. Well, that's just garbage taste. Okay. And she says, in and out's not worth it when there are unlimited options. Sorry, not sorry, California. Damn. You guys are not, just a bunch of you know, I'm, I'm just glad that I'm not alone in You not are alone. In-N-Out's you just found, like, the two other people that agree with you. Right now, we're, we're three to one right now. It's me, Wes, and Melissa against you. Stop booing. There's nothing wrong with it. There are dozens of us. Dozens! I have a whole group of friends that are my personal friends that only talk about how good In-N-Out is together. And there's at least one post a day about someone eating it and everybody else being jealous that we can't eat it every day. Ugh. So, there you go. The next quote-unquote email I want to say is that we've been talking to Jake Freer on Facebook, so shout out Jake. Yes. He's been emailing us or he's been Facebook messaging us. Yeah. If you want people to respond to you via text as opposed to just verbally in the podcast, Joe's usually drunk at 3 a.m. and just responding to you on there, so... <laughs> yeah, I drink a lot, and if you catch me on a good night, I'll just ramble forever. So, uh, Jake and I had a nice conversation. I'm excited for him to get his stickers we talked about hockey. It's Game Seven's on right now. He's rooting for the Bruins. My buddy's at the game. He's rooting for the Bruins. So for the sake of you guys, I'm with you. Hopefully that's not a bad thing. Maybe I should switch teams because <laughs> you know that I'm not too lucky this year. Yeah, I was talking to Jake because you were at the, the, the Braves game, the, the Pirates-Braves yes. game. Yes. And I was talking to Jake. And then I go to bed, and then I wake up, and there's like 12 more messages from both of us, and like from him and from us. And I was just like, oh, all right, let's 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 see what Joe was talking about at three o'clock in the morning. But yeah, here we go. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit awake. Yeah, so facebook.com slash too fast too forever if you want to chat with we'll us. We'll respond. There. We'll respond and we'll chat. Like if you guys want to send like nonsense, I'll, I'll at we'll respond too to fast too forever on Twitter. Do that over there too. Yeah, usually it's me. Joey picks up the slack if like I'm doing something, but most of the time, especially at three a.m. and they're drunk. We have on Twitter from Twitter from Holly at Ted Mullins. She says at too fast too forever. New listener here. Just finished fast five lap one. I wanted to say I, and wanted to let you know how much I'm enjoying it so far. She just in lap one. You said yes, yes, yes. I'm excited to see what's coming in the future laps. Also, you guys should get at Shea Serrano on the show. Shea Serrano, I think, writes for The Ringer, maybe? Nice. He also writes for SheaSerrano.com. He's got like 300,000 Twitter followers. He definitely for sure did not. We're not on his radar yet, but my (laughs) sister loves Shea Serrano. Um, So we would love to have Shea on the podcast. Uh, If you're listening, hit us up. 
But Holly, thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. Yeah. Uh, Holly now follows me on Letterboxd, too. So that's cool. Well, that's Joey's favorite social media, so good job there. Movies! Yeah. I uh, responded to Holly and I said, please email your rankings to us. So uh, I don't think I've gotten that yet. But again, if you are listening and you want to write in, uh, or if you want to send us your rankings, family at cageclub.me. Yes, please. Next up, okay, here's the, the next email from Wes. Three fast, three forever. What up, fam? As always, I'm excited for the discussion on one of the best movies in the franchise, Tokyo Drift. Since Joey presumably read my 30-page treatise on hamburgers, I'll keep this email short and sweet. <laughs> he did. I hope you heard it. I, I sure hope so. What if, what if Wes, like, wrote in these emails and, like, just didn't listen to the episodes? Or, like, uh, no, I guess awesome. he has to because he comments on very specific things. How could it be? That would be funny, though. Like, I'm trying to think of how that would work. Yeah. As usual, your last guest was great, Chris Malika from... Westworld. Yeah, Chris was great, right? <laughs> Holy shit, what a come up. I really liked Chris's enthusiasm. I was all, I'm always interested in wide-ranging opinions and insights into these movies from people who don't experience them the same way that I do, but every once in a while, it's nice to listen to a guest host that's just pumped to be talking about Fast and Furious. Here are my new episode observations. He was so giddy. It was just, like, so apparent, and I, and I loved it. His enthusiasm was great. It was, it, it was like, energetic to me, at least, yep. when I was doing it. I was like, he was making me excited. Yeah. Speaking of being pumped to watch Fast and Furious, you've talked about how it's not really fun or entertaining, or I would argue helpful, to just be negative about movies. I totally agree. For example, I can't stand the Cinema Sins Everything Wrong With YouTube series. They're just nitpicky and mean and not funny, which I agree with. There's, you know, I can't even articulate specific examples because I don't watch them because I'm just like, I don't want to just rag on things. Like, I for one really love The Room and as bad as it is, it's fun for me. But I just like shitty movies. Like, I just like shitty movies in general. Like, just don't hate on stuff. Like, if you don't like it, just turn it off. Don't watch it, right? Like, nobody's forcing you to watch everything, so. Exactly. He says, but along those lines, have you seen the Cinema Wins Everything Great About series? No. Just a dude talking about good things in movies. His videos are so nice and really make me want to revisit some movies I maybe didn't enjoy so much the first time. He hasn't done any Fast and Furious movies yet, I don't think, but I highly recommend checking out his channel anyway. Yeah, maybe we need to convince him to do a Fast and Furious one, huh? I hope so. That would be, that's, you know, right up right up our alley. Yeah, we could do a little crossover. Regarding the oil syllable conversation that came up in Mrs. West's cookie workshop thing, I swear to you it was 100% real and had nothing to do with you or any conversations I might have had with her in the past. It was a bunch of East Texas women and their East Texas accents talking to a bunch of women from California and New England and other places. So naturally, the topic of accents came up, and oil is always a good benchmark for southern accents. We used to give my mom a hard time about how she says it long before I listened to the podcast. It's just so unfathomable to me that this came up. And, and like, in a separation, too, because, like, I'm taking a wild guess that, like, Mrs. West isn't listening to all of these, right? Like, Rachel doesn't listen to all these. Oh, West, uh, Mrs. West listens to none of these. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, like... So she wouldn't know, and when she would come back and say that to you, you'd be like, holy fuck, were you listening to Too Fast, Too Forever? You know what I mean? Like, But I get that now that I get it, that it's like the Southern thing is like a good benchmark. Because to me, it just seemed like a random question because I always grew up on the East Coast, so like there's oil, you know? Yeah. Joe, nice catch with the McGuire's hat in the FNF Minute. I've never noticed it, but I'm a fan of their products myself. I have some of their Ooh. polishing and rubbing compounds in my garage right now. I used to get a nice glossy shine on the rock band guitars I painted. It works great. Oh, which, that's really cool. By the way... How have we talked about Rock Band sort of as much as we have, and you haven't told us that you painted guitars for that? Wes, you need to send in pictures of these guitars, please. I feel like he mentioned... It didn't sound far-fetched, but I don't know if I'm just connecting like his other crafts and him talking about Rock Band with you before, but I'm, I'm not sure. That's it for the episode. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Furious about your takes on burgers is what I'm furious about right now. <laughs>
man, oh man, you are not going to live this down, Wes, and I'm not going to live it down either. It is what hey, it we, is. Hey, we so got over, we got over Jif and Jif. <laughs> now we're stuck here. So put on your seatbelt. We're going for a ride. He's sending the car pictures. So we'll do that later when Dan joins us. Okay, perfect. Next email from uh, Nick Burris, who we talked about, I think, last episode, was the long haul truck driver from New Jersey, yeah, Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he was writing. A, he was talking to us on Facebook, so he wrote in an email. He did. Yes. He says, "Hi guys, it's Nick B, aka." Bad F two five zero nine five on Twitter. I talked to you guys briefly on Facebook Messenger. I've been waiting until yes. I got caught up with all the episodes, but I've been dying to email you with some tidbits on my experience. Okay, couple things. Have you ever been truck jacked before? Is the first thing I need. to Oh know. boy, I hope I hope not, but I also I, I hope, hope so. not, but I need, I, I want to. Yeah, I really hope not. But you, and you're alive, so hopefully you were safe from it. If you did, we need to hear that story. If you have one, if yeah. your friend did. Or something who knows Go ahead. i know paul's a tuner guy but in six he's actually driving a ford escort australian edition which i thought was cool being like dom and enjoying american cars they have their preferences but i think that at the end of the day it comes down to joey and i arguing about burgers which is like we're friends so it doesn't really matter if joey was like i really want whataburger right now i would go like i wouldn't tell him like he's full of garbage or something you know like i couldn't i wouldn't like hate on it well him, you, w- you would tell me that i'm full of garbage but you also wouldn't hold that against me exactly yeah that's what i'm saying and like and i would eat it like, if you were like, no, dude, I want to go here, I'd be like, yeah, cool, whatever. Yeah. I'll get something. Yeah, exactly. He says, when I went to see Seven, Fury Seven, he said he cried, crying emoji, when it came out in the end credits. There was no music at all. Very yeah. awkward but meaningful. He said he saw it about a week or so later, and there was music. Weird. So maybe that was just a uh, problem Weird. with the theater? I don't know. They just were just letting people cry. They just wanted the sound of your tears to be the, the backdrop of the movie. Yes. One, thing I, one more thing I actually noticed last night while watching Eight was when Owen and Deckard go to Cypher's plane, Owen says something, and Deckard replies, with your plans never work out or something, and Owen looks at the back of the plane. He's got a fearful look on his face he didn't catch before. I know we talked about how uh, we see him leave Fast and Furious 6 out the back of a plane, and we see him enter Fate of Furious going on the plane, but I do like that. I don't think we ever noticed the the glance of the back of the plane like, Oh, sometimes things don't work out in your life, boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've never noticed it. He says, no knees, Denise. So I got, I'm glad that we have another uh, opinion okay. here on no knees, Denise. <laughs> no knees, Denise, I took as being fat. Just fat. Yeah. Just like, she just has no knees because like her fat just goes from her thigh to her calf. I guess. I guess. That would make, okay. He says, but the comment reminds me of Too Fast when they banter about Tanya, I think her name is. I don't know if I remember Tanya. Maybe yeah, I don't, I don't remember know. that. Yeah, expand on that. I don't know when they're talking about Tanya in, in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, I don't and know. We just I watched mean, it too, right? So yeah, like, I don't remember something like that. But you know, let write in again, Nick, and uh, let us know about Tanya in Too Fast, or if somebody else remembers Tanya in Too Fast, Too Furious, let us know. Because yeah. anyway, sorry for being so long. Keep up the good work, and it would be cool to get a family watch along. Talk to you later, Nick. So he's oh, gonna cool. a family watch along. Gonna figure out when that's gonna be, what movie it's gonna be. But for sure, it's going to happen. I'm thinking maybe with enough lead time, I think we should probably just do the first one because you said it has to be on Netflix, right? Yeah, it has to be on Netflix or Amazon or something because that's like part of the like app thing that you can watch together with. It has to be like on a service and then you log it like one of us logs in with our service and then it like lets you show it to your friends. I think with enough lead time, I think episode one, the Fast and Furious original one, lap five, is going to be what we're going to do, I think. Assuming the timing works out for us. That should be the best thing. And and we can let everybody catch up so everybody will be hearing it about that. And we could just do a long shot ahead. I like, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, we can. And we'll plan ahead. We'll pick a good day. Yep. We can even send out like an email, like one of those like pick your time and day thing. Whatever. Yeah. And so we know that Wes is in. We know that Nick is in. So if you want to join us in watching Fast and Furious together, we're just going to it's a site called uh Ooh, boy. Rabbit? Rabbit. 
and we all just everybody has a Netflix account I think goes on and it sort of syncs everything at the same time and we all watch the video and there's like a chat and room chat yeah so it's totally legal it's not there's nothing weird or fishy or underhanded you know you just have to have a Netflix account I think but we can all watch it together we can all chat together I don't even think they, they need a Netflix account I think like just one of us do but I don't know why, how that would Netflix would allow that I don't know yeah I'm not sure okay. um, but just we'll we'll be in touch but we'll figure it out plan right now lap five episode one the Fast and Furious original one we'll do together on Rabbit okay. Next email, also from Nick. Hey, guys, heard the last episode. I also want to mention, first off, grew up in Elizabethtown, PA, next to Hershey, PA, the best yes. smelling town in America, I will say. It is, but it, I think that they've slowly like stopped making as much chocolate there, and it doesn't smell like chocolate anymore. That's, what, that's, that's the, last, the latest I've heard. And if that's true, then I'm sad. But I, I spent many a time in, in Hershey as a kid because I grew up in Pittsburgh, so yeah. Hershey was a good vacation. That, that was like the cheap vacation your parents would take you to, you know? Yep. He says, the Army brought me down to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, where I met my wife. Cool. He says, I go up to Monroe Township, New Jersey at Costco Distribution. He says, anyways, ah. I'm really into cars, especially older cars. A couple things oh. I noticed. One is Rhodes in 8 in Game of Thrones. He's the wild, the, the, the wildling. Okay. He actually came to Owen Shaw's crew when Letty was there. Plus, That's he also right. came after Deckard, too. That's right. And Dom messes up both plans. Same, uh, Somehow, Cypher was involved in 6 and 7, too, which is something that Mike has talked about a lot, that Mike was sort of t- saying that, you know, Cypher's sort of Cypher. been along, uh, yeah. involved all along, sort of in the background here yep. and there, wherever. Exactly. I know you mentioned 7 was for Paul and 8 was from Paul. I remember reading an article, and I think Vin Diesel said that, which, yep, absolutely. So we still don't understand why, what that means, but I know that From, is a, a yeah. Vin Diesel quote. Maybe maybe Paul Walker gave him some tips on where he wanted to go with the franchise or something. Who knows? Or just, like, his inspiration shining down from a, a, above? Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Like, he felt like he came through him in it. That's cool. Seven was a tribute to Paul, and the eighth movie was Paul's idea for Don to turn on the family. So I guess if that's that's true, that, that's uh, kind of crazy. I mean, I don't really like that idea. I mean, we've talked a lot about how Yeah, it felt off that, just but... because we love Dom and we love the family. So yeah. the next place it needed to turn, right? I guess. Yeah. One more thing. Dom drives a Plymouth GTX in 8, still in the Mopar family. And he might keep up the good work. And I look forward to the next episode. Take care, Nick. I'm actually kind of sad that you're caught up, Nick, because I know that you were crushing through them while you were driving. Uh, hopefully you get this one. And we have a couple of bonus episodes this well, this, boy, do we have three other podcasts. I mean, if you just like us, I know, I, I know that we've talked about this every time. It's a hard sell, but it's the same bullshit, dude. It's the same <laughs> really. stuff. It's I know that people who like the Fast and Furious movies don't necessarily like Zac Efron or Ryan Gosling or Channing Tatum. But if you just want the sound of our voice in your ear as you do long-haul truck driving, we've got about 60 episodes of those three podcasts available for you to listen to on it's iTunes or wherever you listen shit. to this. It's all the same dumb shit. They're just maybe about movies you haven't heard, but also it doesn't matter because we go through it and we describe things and whatever. So if you want more of us, also, as we just released on the feed, 1,000 episodes in the Caves Club, if you just want other movie podcasts, whatever, all free, everywhere you get yeah, this podcast, of, yeah, you get all that sort of stuff. Of, lots of cool guys. You've heard a lot of guests on here. Yep. If you liked any of them, continue through those. Next is something from Letterboxd. I was just talking about Letterboxd. You said my favorite yeah. social media. So we got this guy, Kenny Madison, who followed Ooh. me, liked my r- list of the Fast and Furious ranked. Um, okay. And then liked Who's my Kenny? review of The Fate of Furious, and he commented and says, Boy, do you have a podcast for me. <laughs> I'm a casual Fastiverse fan, but your pod is addictive. Just devoured the first lap, and I'm working through the second lap. Can't wait to catch up. Well, thank you, Kenny, for commenting, for you know following me on Letterboxd. And once you catch up, once you hear this, email in your rankings to familyacageclub.me. And I want to hear, we'll you hear what you think of the show. Yeah, And we'll add them to the compilation. You'll, you'll be part of the average. Yeah. We'll figure this thing out. We're going to get the definitive list eventually. We'll, we'll get there. We have one more email, but before we get there, so I tweeted earlier, I said, uh, 
oh no, I just cried at the end of Tokyo Drift for the first time. This doesn't bode well for tonight's 2F2F recording. Says he says he knew Han, said he's family, and then put a gif of Han. Wells replied and said, get it, Joey, baby, no shame. Can't wait for the new episode. And then he added a gif of just Asian foods. No, it's P.F. Chang's. It's specifically P.F. Oh, specifically P.F. Chang's. Okay, but yes, it's just like, cause... it's the slowest <laughs> rotating gif I've ever seen. And I love it. Dude, I fucking love those lettuce wraps, the P.F. Chang's lettuce wraps. They're so good. Oh, what I love about but... this gif is that what? Wells said that he listens to our episodes on half speed to hear how weird we sound. I like that this gif is basically on half speed. <laughs> Yeah, I do too. Also, pro tip, if you go to P.F. Chang's and you like the lettuce wraps, get the veggie ones. They're fire. They're like the tofu ones. I think they're better than the chicken ones. Just a tip. Well, there's a place in town. Like, So I feel like, you know, as a, as a carnivore, as a meat eater, my mind always goes to yes. like a chicken or a Same. beef thing first. That's what I'm saying. But yep. in town where I live, there's an empanadas place that was voted the best empanadas in New Jersey. They're delicious. Okay. And I've had three or four times. Why haven't you taken me there yet? Thanks. You haven't actually hung out here. Like, you've come for events and you've left. True. Fair. Which, you know, I'm not putting you on blast because I haven't been up there in a while. But anyway, I've had a couple empanadas. different ones. The best one by far is just the black bean and jalapeno. Like, just yeah. no meat, just delicious. Yeah. Chicken one's good. There's a couple of chicken ones. There's beef ones, whatever. They're all good. But the black the black bean and jalapeno, mmm. Il boche, the chef's kiss. <laughs> Yes. Last email from Jenny McMullen. Hello, Jenny. Shout out Jenny. Subject line, catching up. Hi, guys. Just finished listening to episode 31, recap, yesterday, and episode 33, lap four, number one, today, a Saturday at home. She says, I already listened to episode 32, You Are My Lifespan, immediately. (laughs) And then the crying laughing emoji. (laughs) I'm glad that somebody likes You Are My Lifespan. But you know what? If no one did, I would still make Joey do it because it's so much fun for me. But yeah, I'm glad that you guys like it. I also do think that it is right in Jenny's wheelhouse, and I love this. And I, you know, I mean, we're at our at our core, we are Zach Efron boys, yeah, and we're fan exactly. fiction boys. But I like that she followed us from there to here. And the thing that is most similar to that show, aside from just our nonsense, yeah, is you are my lifespan. So I, I think it, it makes perfect sense that she loves it the most. And yeah, it makes me so happy that, like, just like you, someone likes our nonsense. I agree. Yeah, I think so too. She says the sad truth is there are others that I usually listen to sooner. She says, those 10 commuting hours fill up fast, and I save less exciting stuff in the mornings and more it's exciting okay. stuff on the drive home when I'm more tired. No I worries. guess your morning stuff and after- morning stuff and afternoon stuff, but on Mondays and Tuesdays, I always listen to This American Life, Beautiful Anonymous, and Savage Love, which are three very good podcasts that, especially Beautiful Anonymous, uh, Chris Gethard, I really, really do like him. New Jersey boy, Chris Gethard. There's some insight for you. So feedback on episode 31, which is the recap. I was in my car saying Bentley. It's probably Bentley, but I get it. They're more (sighs) of a luxury sedan than a sport coupe from what I've seen. I think that was probably the car game that you just could not uh, It was the one I couldn't get Bentley, and then the next day, I saw a Bentley driving down the street and when I was going to Zach's house. So, yeah. Life I couldn't guess, like, the, the English car with the B, and I was like, what the fuck? Feedback on episode 33. Michael was an entertaining and funny guest. His insight, having never seen the movie and not being a car guy, was interesting. Yes. I agree, too. I like having guests like that. Like, I don't know. We like to spread it around. We like people that are car guys. We like people that have never seen them, people that love them. Just, like, I kind of want everybody's perspective, right? Yeah, like, I don't know cars. I don't know, you know, I've only seen these movies a couple times before we started. I'm sort of more on the Michael side of the spectrum than you are, but I'm sort of gradually shifting towards you. Rapidly, fast and fastly, and furiously. <laughs> Amen. Good words. 
As for the mailbag, I had an oh my god, what and when did I write moment. Totally forgot pulling into the rest area and writing that email about the resorts. Another way I've heard of them is when old, old school comedians talk about playing those resorts as the entertainers back in the day. This is the Poconos and the Catskills. And who Uh, doesn't love dirty dancing? Uh, Mr. Joe, too. I, yeah. I really don't like dirty dancing at all. But Rachel loves it. Her mom loves it. I've seen it. I think Joey's seen it now at this point, right? Oh, yeah, I saw it. I was, um, I liked it. I did not, I, did, I didn't think of it like you did, but I was also kind of, I feel like it's one of those movies that, like, you sort of know everything before, like, if you haven't yeah. seen it, you've seen it. You know what I mean? And so I was sort of underwhelmed in that regard. Like, there wasn't something that I was like, oh, this. It was just all like, oh, yeah, like, I get it. I think the biggest surprise, and this is maybe a spoiler, but it's also the thing that everybody knows, but at the end when Patrick Swayze says nobody puts baby in a corner, it's so understated. And, like, I thought it was, like, this grand gesture, this big moment. He just <laughs> no. says to her, like, very, like, under his breath, nobody puts baby in a corner. And then, like, they That's go on it. the floor. It's like, oh, yeah. that? Great line. Great actor. Patrick Swayze, you know, if we continued our line of Juicy Boys, we would get to him sooner than later. Yeah, dude, point break. But, There's so many great Patrick Swayze movies. But yeah. still, I was, you know, I like Dirty Dancing. The next one I want to see in that in that sort of vein is Footloose. I've not seen Footloose. Uh, Kevin Bacon's the podcast you and I talked about doing at some point, but we're not going to do it. But Footloose, we're going to do that next at some point. Okay. She says, by the way, I've seen every single episode of Big Bang Theory. More insight. Now that I've written in, I might have more reason to listen later, Jenny. Well, Jenny, listen to, I hope you listen through the first hour of this podcast. That's (laughs) 20 minutes about hamburgers. Which I guess, I'm I'm guessing she would like probably more than, you know, I don't put words in your mouth, Jenny, but uh, I think you might like our talk about burgers more than these movies, but who knows? (laughs) I don't know. The front end is kind of like the original end of this, right? Because it's like us bullshitting and listening to emails and like talking nonsense, so. Yeah. So that's all the news that's fit to print, if it, as it were. Um, so if you have an email you want to write in, family at cageclub.me. If you want to message us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash forever and at forever on Twitter. And also Instagram, but I might have disabled the Instagram for now, but if it's there, we're there. Yeah. All right. On the streets. So officially, there's the big news. Officially, someone joined the franchise if you want to. Go ahead. No, I'm going to let you go because I'm going to look up something. I'm going to look up the next little thing right now. Well, I can't see it. Oh, uh, no. I was going to uh, say. Uh, oh. <laughs> you got uh, me. You got me. John Cena is joining Fast and the Furious 9. He's going to replace The Rock. Well, I mean, we don't know, but he's he, like, The Rock's not going to be a 9. He is going to be a 9. So we just went from one wrestler to the next, but I'm a big John Cena fan in the sense that I think he's a funny actor, and I like wrestler-turned-actors, because I think that they're very charismatic. So um, I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, he's going to be in Fast and Furious 9, so we don't know what character he's going to be or anything yet, but he's going to be in it. There was, the other thing that I have in this regard is that The Rock put on Instagram a scene that the censors made them cut out of Hobbs and Shaw, where he bit an eye out of one of the bad guy's faces and like spit wow. it out, and that was cut because it was too gruesome, for, I guess for a PG-13 movie, but... But he put it on Instagram? Well, he didn't put... He, just, he wrote about it on Instagram. Um, he didn't put the actual scene oh. on Instagram, but... Okay. yeah. I think, you know, it's been a, it's been a quieter... I did learn today that yeah. um, Sung Kang, you know, Han, Han Solo, yep. Han, I did learn that there is a professional golfer named Sung Kang today, and anytime I try to search news for him, I just realized that he won some golf tournament. I think we posted about that on... Because the same time when you posted on Facebook that, like, Michelle Rodriguez got married, it was a different Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think the next week I put on something that Sung Kang came in third in a U.S. Open or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly, yes. So this is <laughs> – these are the kind of newses that I found. But John Cena being in the franchise was number one. So I'm going to go now for the Rock the Vote. I'm going to look the Rock president, see if the Rock is running for president. As of right now, it does not look like it. Top news story from Newsmax. More Jews agree that President Trump is a, quote, rock star. So, 
That's a thing. That's interesting. Okay. Which woman running for president is your candidate? We'll tell you right here, says Refinery29. I don't know. How <laughs> They'll just tell us? That's cool. I, I like being told stuff. It's just very definitive. That was just like a very like direct title of that article. Just like, we'll tell you here. <laughs> There's also news that it's not about president, but I don't know if you saw the or heard the, uh, the, the brouhaha, the hubbub, but The Rock put a video or a picture of him in the pool. Did you hear about this? And his daughter, his two-year-old daughter, about to jump in. You see no. this picture? No. The internet lost its goddamn mind because the internet Why? is a terrible place. Because okay. his daughter's not wearing a bathing suit. Like, you don't see anything. Like, she's covered, but she's two years old. Also, chooch. So people are like, this is beautiful. Like, look at her. She looks so happy. Like, he looks so happy. And then people are like, how dare you? Like, why aren't you making your kid wear a bathing suit? How are you posting this internet? Blah, 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 blah. It's and his all kid. This back and forth. And the also, thing... oh, God. In, in the description of the picture, he's also saying about how, like, sometimes his daughter will be like, Daddy, I have to pee. And he's like, I said with a smile, just pee in the pool, baby, which is gross. But I also I think, think that's, that's hilarious. Super and funny. I would always pee in the pool. I would tell my kid to pee. It's my pool. Get the fuck, who the fuck cares? There's chlorine in the pool. It's not that it's not Instagram that lost okay. his mind. Like, there was a, a real back and forth. So he deleted the picture because I guess there's just too much negative whatever okay. there. But uh... So my only t- hot take on that is that if that was my daughter, I wouldn't mind her swimming in my pool naked. I would be apprehensive about putting any picture of it online being as famous as he is for the fear that there'd be some pedophile out there being like, oh yeah, that's the only thing that bothers me about it. Yeah, I can see that. But Um, the fact of like her doing it, him being there, him having the picture of it, it doesn't bother me at all. Like small children are small children. Like they're, they're not sexualizable by anybody that's not a pedophile. Right. So like it doesn't fucking matter. They're just like kids. So, you know, and then if you search Dwayne Johnson president, no other news there, swimming pool stuff and that he smacked down the rock and a hard place lawsuit. Um, so apparently he was, maybe he and the HBO were sued or something and they won that. So there's a uh, good, some news there. All right, new lap observations on Chain Gang. So here, so we'll do the Chain Gang first, because the necklace is not in this movie. We know in 7, when Dom goes back to Tokyo, when we see the continuation of the scene that we see at the end of this movie, we know that he gets the necklace back from Han. They're from Twinkie, right? That Han had it, gave it to Twinkie. No, he gave it to Sean. He gave it to Sean, sorry. He gave it to Sean, gets it back from Sean. But the necklace, yeah, but, I don't believe, is in this movie. Yeah, so that's really weird, right? Because, like, I was assuming that we would have seen it either sometime that Han had it, like maybe in his car when he was driving at the end. But no, it's not. I was looking for it too, because I was like, how do we get it back? Like, how did we get it to Japan? But we just don't know. I don't know how we got it to Japan, and Tokyo Drift doesn't help us solve that problem. We will find out in 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 where it is, but for now, Chain Gang... Yeah, much like Marcel Rodriguez, we don't see too much of the chain sometimes. True, true, true. New left observations, Joe. What's one thing that you noticed this time around that you've never noticed before? Something I noticed, and I was thinking about it because I'd spent time in Japan and I couldn't remember if I remembered it or not, uh-huh. but... All of the license plates just have, like, four numbers. Mm. And that was weird to me, and I don't remember if if those are actually how the license plates are, if these are movie license plates, or what. But that was something I noticed, that, like, all the license plates, like, say something across the top, and then they just have, like, four things. And that seems, like, very hard to distinguish, you know what I mean? Like, if the cops are chasing you kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. One thing that I noticed, which I think we, uh, we noticed two episodes ago when we talked about with Michael, and then we talked about, or Wes emailed in last episode... Twinkie brings Sean, or Han brings Sean, one of them brings Sean to the party, right? And yes. there's the party, and Twinkie's like, you know, why do all these girls talk to me? Because all the guys are too afraid to hit on them. Pick yep. them up, and they talk to the little guy who makes them laugh. And then yep. Han brings them to the garage, and Sean's yep. like in heaven, right? 
Yep. I don't know if you noticed, but as they're on the way to the party, there's just two ladies making out in the hallway, and like, and one of them just goes, ladies? Or something like that. And it's just like, oh. So we in the first movie, we had those two lesbians making out in the party because Which we Rob Cohen saw in yes. the back alley or whatever, and was just like, hey, you want to be in a movie? And here, it's like continuing the tradition of just having attractive ladies make out, I guess. But I don't know. It was just a weird, something that I never really noticed before, and then... But because we were talking about the Rob exactly. Cohen scene with it, yeah, you noticed it. Yep. And I've got other things, but we will save that when Dan joins us in a little bit. But Joe, the Fast and Furious Minute, let us talk about this oh, minute four, yes. which I don't want to... What? I don't want to doubt the validity of future minutes, but this might be the best minute we have all movie. Just like minute-wise, like actual minute-wise, I think that this is, yeah, I think this, this is probably going to be one of the best minutes we have. somehow tells a complete story in a minute. It does. It really does, yeah. starts with because you remember the last minute ended with the nighttime setting of los angeles yes this we had a time lapse into morning and yes then this is essentially the, the the minute where brian is doing his his essentially in the, if for for the movie we just watched he's doing his drifting like he's driving around he's doing his, his training he's he's racing yes and then it ends with his first line in the franchise shit but yep. like the minute is so perfectly framed to tell this weird little story that like it's again almost like this movie was made for us to talk about it in one minute chunks. Yeah, I think so. It's it's a really weird minute, but yeah, it's it's perfectly framed. I agree because it ends right when he says shit. Like you're right, it it totally bookends it. It goes from the backdrop of L.A. If you had a choice to watch a minute in Fast and the Furious, I'd pick four as of right now. Yeah, absolutely the best four. One. Sure. We go to the stadium, which I know you have some notes on. You have some signs in there. So, yeah, I looked it up. It, it says it's Dodger Stadium, but, like, you make a very good point. It had red seats. I thought it was, like, the California Angels before they moved down to Anaheim. I don't remember when. They actually might have been in Anaheim already, because I know that they won the World Series, I want to say, in, like, 2002. So that's, like, right before, like, this movie was right before that. So they probably were already in Anaheim. But yeah. IMDb says that it was filmed in Dodger Stadium, but it looks like the Angel Stadium because it's all red seats. Like it doesn't give any indication that it is Dodger Stadium, but it is what it yeah. is. But you made some notes of uh, some signs in the stadium. On the outside, we see the back of the scoreboard. Um, it has a Budweiser and a Toyota sign. It also has an 11:50 a.m. radio station sign, which I'm guessing is the station that they were pl- like broadcast the baseball games on. Right? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then Brian pulls up. I can make out a lot of the stickers on his car, but you know we're gonna see it again, so I didn't like break my neck trying to find every single one of them. I'll add to this list. Um, he has a Eurolight sticker, Toyota tire sticker, a NOS sticker a RoboCar sticker, Sparco, Alpine. Possibly there's one that says Modern Image, uh-huh. which is like a San Diego car wrapping company, which would make sense. And they say they've been around for 20 years, but I couldn't get a really clear shot on it. For right now, that's what that's being held as. 
we see his license plate. Arizona, RNO263, and he possibly has, a, we both looked at this, both tried to piece it out, he possibly has a full, a folu Folutech? F-O-L-U-Tech? F-O-L-U-T-E-C. We did, we did some looking around. We tried to figure out what it Can't was. If it. anybody would know, does that sound like anything you would know? It's definitely an F-O-L, and then it's tech at the end. So full something tech. Mm-hmm. The gear shift, shift knob. Yeah. yeah, gear shifter. Yeah, so if anybody knows what that is, you could help us. Brian has on can- black canvas Converse All-Stars. He's got Converse on. He's also got, you can see when he shifts gears, he's wearing some kind of like braided bracelet on his right wrist. Yeah, like this white like kind of thread bracelet. He's driving, shifting. He goes up to 140 miles an hour, like 8,000 RPMs. And then he spins the car out. I want to see here. So 140 miles per hour is 225 kilometers per hour. So we know in this movie, Sean hits 197. The cops don't chase him. So if they gunned Brian here, they would let him go too because he's faster than 180. Yeah. I think that's it. And then, yeah, we have the the minute ends with shit. And then the guitar kicks in. And she's like, wow, wow, wow. Um, so we're going to yeah. get to the next thing, and I I can't wait. Now we're, we're actually going to get, so maybe, could Minute 5 be the introduction of Mia? We're going to get Mia I soon. I think so. I, he at least pulls up mm-hmm. to the shop, right? Like, this is going to be, yeah. So we're going to get Mia. We might actually get a couple lines in that one, too, but we don't know where it ends and how long we get the thing, so. Because I think Minute 8 or maybe Minute 9 is going to be Vince calling Brian the hard F, which is not going to be great. Yes. But between now and then, we have No One Likes the Tuna Asshole, we got Tuna No Crust, we got all sorts of things. Yeah. I can't wait to have every detail of Toretto's Marketing Cafe logged in here. I know. I know, because I'm going to dig through all the shelves, but okay. So I'm excited. That'll just about do it for the opening close to hour and a half of this podcast. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to bring in Dan. We're going to talk about Tokyo Drift right after this. Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. This is episode 30-something, Tokyo Drift. (laughs) Lab 4. Today's episode is brought to you by SoftBank. On March 7, 2006, Vodafone Group announced that it agreed to sell its holding of Vodafone Japan to SoftBank for about 1.75 trillion yen. On April 14, 2006, SoftBank and Vodafone K jointly announced the name of the new company will be a new, easy to understand, and familiar, and they made SoftBank Mobile Corporation. Well, thank you once again, SoftBank, for bringing us these wonderful, wonderful smartphones. That don't work here. That don't work here, but they sure do look good, don't they? One day, we'll catch up. With us to talk about this on episode 30-something is my friend my friend from college. He has been on Cage Club podcast in the past, Keanu Club, I think, Charlize, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, all sorts of shows with me and Mike, the Mikester who you know from past laps we have with us to talk about this movie, Dan the Duke Hayden. Hello, Duke. Hey, what's up, Joey? How are you doing? I'm very, very well. I just got a new kitten. Adorable awesome. kitten. And you want to share your uh, Star Trek-inspired name? Well, well, he has two brothers. One is uh, Kirk. The other one is Bones. And so I have named him Chief Engineer Montgomery Scott. Beam me up. We've been calling him Monty. That's a great name for a kitten. And he's adorable. He is so, so cute. Thank you. Thank you. I know he appreciates it. Yeah, I saw a picture. Too. It was a very cute cat. It's a very cute cat. Joe, I don't know that this how, how this would work, but I think if we ever started another podcast, it would have to be like a kitten cast. <laughs> 
I don't know that I don't know I don't know what it would look like, but I feel like that's sort of the logical transition <laughs> like people, from one to the next. We just get emails of pictures of people's cats, and I have to guess what color it is. That would be the hardest game for you because you couldn't describe it without color. So just uh, be- it's a, it's adorable. Does that help? <laughs> it has a nose. A per cast. Well, so Duke, so we have before we talk about this actual movie, we have I don't know if you've listened to an episode before, but we have somewhere short of four thousand questions to ask you. So let us just get <laughs> right to it. Okay. First off, have you seen? I think the answer is yes, but have you seen all eight movies? I have not seen the most recent one. You've I seen know. eight. I've seen seven of them. I have seen seven of them. We stopped at a good point. So I'm told. I've been told that the last one, though good, is not on par with uh, everything uh, that they've done since Tokyo Drift. I'm hoping that it's a good setup for the next two. Okay, I can get behind that. So now my question to you, knowing that you've seen seven... Can you please rank them for us from favorite to least favorite, or if you want to build suspense, from least favorite to favorite? Ooh, from least favorite to favorite. Either way, whatever you want to do, whatever's easier for you. There's seven to rank now. Eight is, I think, last on my list, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, eight is last on my list. People don't really love, don't love eight, but one through seven, what order do you put them in? Okay, so totally, totally know it can nail it right to the wall. Worst one is Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, Hot okay. take. Yeah, a lot of people agree with you. The more we watch it, the better it gets. I'll say this. When when I was in college or high school, whenever I saw it and I was either – and I was intoxicated in some way, shape, or form, I bet it was freaking awesome. But it's fun. Like, yeah. Yeah, but the lady flying through the air screaming spank that ass like five minutes into the movie. I mean, I just don't remember a fondness for the movie. I just remember it kind of being like kind of popcorn-y but also kind of like early 2000 garbage. Okay. Fair. You're wrong, but not you know, his opinion, <laughs> but it's fine. All right, so that's number seven. What else you got? In my defense also, I've only seen the movie like three or four times. Joe, I want to say that's the mark of a true fan that he says I've only seen it three Exactly. Or four times. Only is a good way to describe that, but yeah. Yep. All right, next I'm going to have to go, I guess I'll say seven. Okay. I remember it being being good, but kind of weak. Like five and six are just so freaking good. Agreed. Yeah. I kind of, to, to go with the franchise, got to ride or die with the movie that we're we're rolling with. So I got to put that up there a little more. So I'm going to put seven. Then I'm going to put uh, number four. I'm going to put four in there. Which okay. which so, creeped up on us too. We You're with us and, and the more we watch four, the higher it goes. Four's the one where with the drug cartel and... Yes. And, Letty dies. Um, next I'm going to go with the original movie. Wow. Number one. And it's not for, I'm thinking of in terms of like actual, not like my fondness for them, but also what I consider a good movie. And I, it's hard for me to say, you know, like, cause I really do love that first movie personally. I yeah. just don't think it's that damn amazing of a film for its time. I know it was great, but it just, it's really, I've, I've watched it a couple of times in the last couple of years because I said, I really like the movie. It's really showing its age. We've talked about that with some people that have never seen it before, and their first viewing was, what, like a month ago. And we were like, how old does it seem? And it does feel dated, but I think it holds. It holds a little bit. It's not like that dead yet, you know? No, I think, I think but it is dated, away with, for sure. with raving glow sticks for like another couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Your top three, three five, five and six. Three, five, yeah. and six. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put... Tokyo Drift here now. Okay. Okay. And and I really really like this movie. This is this is one of those movies for me that if it's on TV and I'm doing absolutely nothing and I'm bored as hell, I'll sit there and watch because I really enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. It's not that amazing of a of a, a film, but there's this a lot about it. This is a very polarizing like one for a lot of people. 
I know so many people hate this movie. Yeah, you really, it's really love or hate three, man. We get a lot of emails about that. Like, it's either three is like way last and it shouldn't exist, or like we love three. I really, really love three. And I also love how, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, how, how they tie it in. So with the weird chronological order of, of the movies with like Justice Han dying and everything. Yep. Yeah, I really, I really like, and, and again, we'll talk about it, but when Han, when they're, you know, on top of the building with the soccer field and yep. Han says, you know, the thing about how this is his Mexico that, you know, the, you know, the outlaws make a run for the border and everything. I really, really <laughs> love that part, that aspect of the movie. Yeah. Same. Justice for Han. Which Justice for here. Han. All right. Top two, dude. Five and six. All right. Which one do you like more? I like Fast Five more. All right. World's Longest Runway is six. That's so it six. Doesn't, yeah, so it doesn't hold up for you, not as much as five. I like both of them a lot. Like, Italian I Job 2 better. When the two of them came out, like the first one came out, I was astounded because five was so damn good. Yep. And I think that's why I want to put it in front of six, just because it laid the groundwork for them to make another amazing film. But both of those films, like they had no business being that good <laughs> yeah i i agree this series itself like just from inception to now where it is i don't think if somebody told me watching that first movie with paul walker and vin diesel that this was going to be like get here. a huge box office success yeah with yep. eight movies you know nine coming like i would not have believed that at all no, definitely not. So, Duke, what was the first one of these that you saw? Did you see the first one first, or did you jump on some point later in the series? I saw Fast and the Furious at the Emerson Movie Theater when it came oh, out. Oh, wow. The day after it came out, I went wow. with a friend the night before to see it, and it was sold out. So, oh. And I, my, my parents wouldn't let me stay out for the later one, so I, I went oh. the next Next afternoon, matinee. How many of the seven have you seen in theaters? Then, if you saw the first one, did you see more in theaters as well? I did not see two in theaters. Okay. I saw Tokyo Drift in theaters. I did not see four in theaters because I wasn't sold on like, oh, another Fast and Furious movie. Uh-huh. And this was before you know crazy, crazy stuff like Rotten Tomatoes. So I just exactly. I went with my gut on that one. When five came out and everybody was raving about it, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I got to go see this freaking movie. And I've seen every one except for the most recent one in theater since. The big question, so you saw this one. I asked two questions first. First off, just real quick, which of these have you? Which of the seven have you seen the most? Ooh, I mean, at this point, it's probably the original. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same. By, like, a, so many by like a long shot. The more important question, the sort of pertaining to tonight, Tokyo Drift, as I'm sure you know, is a very divisive movie. People either love it or don't think it works. They think it's one of the worst Fast and Furious movies. Obviously, they are wrong because it is great. Was this one that worked for you from the beginning, or did you see them in theaters and be like, well, this wasn't, this isn't the first, you know what I mean? Like, did you like it the first time, or was it something that had to grow on you? I don't remember exactly, like, I remember mm-hmm. seeing it in theaters. I think I was with a group of friends. I think I walked out of the theater being like, oh, yeah, it was pretty freaking cool. I don't think I walked out being like, oh, th- this was terrible or walked out saying that this was oh this was an amazing piece of film i just think i had a fun night at the movies that night watching it again and again i've grown to like it a lot more i definitely really enjoyed the weird turn it took when i watched it but i didn't watch it in theaters like i saw it like later at my house and i was like holy shit fast and the furious did something completely different and i remember really enjoying that also just being super fascinated with them going to japan right so i don't think that i knew that i would love it as much as i did 
Like, I liked it, and I thought this was really cool, and then, like, I kept watching and watching and watching it. I don't know if I've ever said this to you, Duke, but, like, I came in, people who listen to this know that I came in at five, when How This Get Me covered five, and I watched five, and I loved it, and then I went back and watched one through five, and I think, I don't remember ever not liking this movie. I think I also have this kind of thing where I sort of like to endorse movies that other people don't necessarily love, and I think I sort of got a sense that, that, that ones, that, at least that I enjoy as well like i joe as you know two has grown on me in this podcast but i've always liked three and i think because other people didn't like three i think i liked it even more if that makes sense so i think that i don't remember ever not liking this movie i think it's weird and wild and i think if you see it in theaters after having just followed paul walker for two movies it's this completely different world right if you were buying into this being a franchise at three you would have gotten sold short i think so and i think the fact that i could then just the next day watch Fast and Furious number four and then watch Fast Five again, I was like, oh, it's fine. Because I know where yeah, they wound up. Exactly. And I think that really sort of helps. But I, I can't really imagine, and I can sort of see, like, you know, I think the right opinion, like you have, Duke, is to enjoy this movie. But I also think that if you had seen some theaters, like, if you left not being fulfilled, I can totally sort of understand why. It sort of took a few more movies to see how this would be retrofitted to fit into the overall narrative of the uh, the franchise yeah this was a movie that you know for the time and I, I think they still do this today it's almost like you know you took a franchise and then you make like a movie with none of the cast members but still like throw it under that name to try to grab more box office yep i actually can't tell you how i was dre- I, this is probably one of those movies that i went to just because everybody was going to see it because this this totally has stay away from it from my younger self written all over it like uh, this is not something i i think that i would have spent my money on but i feel like probably somebody dragged me to it and i enjoyed it well that's good you're you're the right attitude whether you originally wanted to go see it or not you're in the right place now you are part of our family a little bit later you'll find that we'll find out exactly which family member you are but oh stanley cup game on right now that we're watching hobbs and shaw trailer on the tv i am averting my eyes breaking news as we're recording hobbs and shaw on the tv I'm looking away from. Okay. Well, based on what Duke was just saying, though, that actually fits in, and I want to bring that up, is that didn't they just rebrand Hobbs and Shaw as the Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw? Isn't that the way the branding went? Like, it came out as Hobbs and Shaw, and then they rebranded it to the Fast and the Furious Hobbs and Mm -hmm. Shaw. Mm -hmm. So, like, like you're saying, like, if they're slapping the label on it, although that might not be a Fast and the Furious movie kind of thing. So I'm ex- interested to see how that plays out because obviously it hasn't come out yet. So, All right, Duke. Now, before we talk about the movie, we've got some either-or questions, some real hard-hitting questions for you. No wrong answers. Shoot. Kind of the lightning Unlike, round. Unlike, you know, before, where there are sort of are more objective wrong answers about, like, do you like this movie? The answer should be, of course, yes. This is really no wrong answers here. So whatever you feel, gut instincts, let's go. Are you more of a Brian or a Dom? Dom. Oh, I think I would agree with that. Okay. Are you more of a Mia or a Letty? Mia. Interesting. That was... Okay. Okay. Are you more of a Roman or a Tej? Roman. I can see that. Okay. Fast forwarding to future, to, to the, the later movies, six and seven. Are you more of a Deckard Shaw or an Owen Shaw? Are you more mm. younger brother, older brother? No, younger brother. And I only say that just because I can picture my older brother being Jason Statham, just for no okay. reason at all. If you do like Jason Statham in this series or like him in general, Eight's a good movie to watch. Okay. he's great in Eight, just as as you haven't seen Eight. Like, as a whole, 
I'm not a big fan of the movie, but he's awesome in that movie. And The Rock is great in that too. Hobbs and like Hobbs and Shaw, it's basically in a lot of ways sort of like a backdoor prequel to Hobbs and Shaw because they're both so good in that movie and sort of the best parts of the movie kind of across the board. The yeah. Rock and Jason Statham are two of like my favorite people ever. I've seen probably almost every film that both of them has made. I mean, they've they've made a lot of garbage, but there's yeah. just so many gems in both of their both of their IMDb pages. So if you like those two, go watch Eight before Hobbs and Shaw comes out. I plan yep. to because I'm really looking forward to Hobbs and Shaw. It looks amazing. Awesome. And just sort of have the bar set low and then be pleasantly surprised. But I think, you know, knowing that people don't like Eight, that we don't like Eight, try to temper your expectations and maybe you won't be disappointed like we were. Anyway, moving on. Yes. Are you more of a fan of American muscle cars or imports? Oh, muscle cars, for sure. Everyone, Joe, you are really truly in the minority here. Like almost like like probably ninety percent of said American Muscle. Well, yeah. when it comes to cars that look cool that I'll never be able to afford, when it comes to cars that I can't afford, I mean, I drive a Civic, so like I guess I'm driving an import. Yeah, true. Do you have green running lights on your Civic? No, no, it's it's oh, the the base model, but I got some cool captain's chairs in it that they told me were special, and I believe them. <laughs> Duke, this next question is one that I feel was difficult for me and Joe as well. Are you more of a fan of Coronas or Belgian Ales? <laughs> Belgian Ales, for sure, but I love Coronas as well. Good. Are you more of a racer or a designer? Like, if we're having a heist, are you out there in the streets, or are you back in HQ helping us get the job done? I'm definitely in the streets, just because I love driving. I'm not, like, a big car guy, but I, I love driving. It's so much fun okay. to me. Say we, we rob a bank, we rob a corrupt police official, we rob a, you know, we go down to Brazil, we steal $120 million, everybody gets $10 million each, we go to Monaco. Are you betting it all on black or on red? Uh, red. That's really kind of a 50-50 split. I'm, well, that's I'm normally how gambling answers. works, Joey. Usually, usually. <laughs> all right. This is another, a later movie thing. Would you rather jump a car into a plane, like Dom does, or like, you know, a lot of them do in six right? Like when the, the the world's longest runway or jump a car out of a plane like they do in seven with the GPS guidance systems, jumping a car into a plane or out of a plane. Uh, how long after getting into the plane, if I jumped into the plane, can I get off the plane? Movie time. Mm, Movie yeah. time. All right. Cause I actually am horrified of flying. I really? do it. Like it doesn't stop me. Like I've, I've, I've taken a lot of plane rides. I just hate flying. Definitely jumping into the plane. Okay. Oh, because the because the flying out of the plane, you'd have to like take off with the plane, and then jump out of it. I'd be like Roman, like, nah, you guys, uh, I'll, I'll cover you from <laughs> up here. I'm good. You guys go. This is a very difficult question, I think, and I think you actually might have been around during one of these arguments. Possibly, <laughs> is the word oil one syllable or two? Oh damn! How come I've never heard that? This is this is insane. I mean, so how do you say it? One or two? Oil. I mean, it sounds like. But or or is it just oil? It's one. That's syllable. what we're asking you. I don't it's know. It's one syllable. It's one syllable. It's definitely right. one syllable. You are firmly in the minority there, and uh, I don't agree. But I also appreciate your right to oil. be wrong. It's so one. yeah, you say oil. Yeah, oil. oil. I'm gonna skip this question because it's sort of a spoiler about the end of eight. So you know, when when you eventually come back after you've seen eight, after there's more movies, I'll ask you that question. Remember now, at the end of Furious Seven, when they're or in the middle of Furious Seven, where they're stealing the car in Abu Dhabi or mm-hmm. in Dubai. They're in that tall building. Yes. And then, like, Roman causes a distraction. He goes up there. He sings some karaoke songs. Duke, if we asked you to go to a front of a room and distract the room by singing a song, what song would you sing? I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Mm. Good job. Yeah, that's a good choice. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to karaoke song. And that just the way I do it, I get really into it. 
Yeah, it'd be a great distraction. And I, I don't sing very well either. I like Perfect. to sing, but I'm not that great at it. Uh, see, uh, we've gotten a lot of classics, man. Uh, it's like you got to go with a classic that would get everybody into it. Everybody knows it. Classic karaoke song. I like that one. I will survive. The last question is another, or the, the next question, I guess, is another Fate of the Fury, so I'll skip that. So the last question I'll ask you for now, Duke, is do you have, doesn't have to be in this movie, but in the franchise in general, do you have a favorite character? I mean, for as short as he is around, I love Han. Han's yeah. just so he's freaking a, cool. He's a good choice. He's an easy choice, yeah. He's so cool, man. He's just, like, he's always popping the snacks into his mouth, and he's always got some cool piece of wisdom, and he's so cool and calm and collected. Do you love that this franchise, that, like, all of us watch this and we're easily, like, the coolest character is the Asian guy? Like, he's not just, like, the hacker or something? Like, every time I think about that, and every time somebody says, like, Han is, like, the coolest character, it's just, like, really awesome that it's not just, like... Brian is the coolest character, right? Like, well, I said, I said Brian. I mean, my favorite's Brian, but uh, no, Brian's awesome. No, Brian is awesome too. But I'm saying, but like Han is definitively the coolest. Like Brian can be your favorite, but yeah, Han is the coolest, right? Oh, for sure. Plus, also Han gets Giselle. So exactly, like, he's the coolest. That's what that. I'm saying. So it's just cool that you have a franchise where like the main character is uh, the main character isn't definitely the coolest, and the coolest guy is the Asian guy. So that's cool. And the runner-up obviously is is uh, Hobbs. Oh, okay. Yeah, The Rock is awesome in these two. I just love The Rock. I do too. You're in the right place for that. So now, so Duke, this is now the fourth time that we're talking about this movie. We're on lap four. Wow. So welcome to this. We are. This is now the walk down memory chain lap. Every lap we sort of have a theme. We sort of have a different thing. So this lap, Joe and I are tracking the necklace because the necklace we, we talk about as like the sisterhood of traveling pants, but it's the necklace because it always... It, it winds up in everyone's neck, and it's just everybody has it at one point or another. Not in this movie. We know that it is in Tokyo in this movie that Han has it, but it's not in this movie because we don't know how that ties in yet. Yeah. The question that we're asking everyone to kick off the discussion, Duke, this lap is, when you think of Tokyo Drift, when you think of this movie, what's the first thing you think of? It can be a person. It could be a scene. It can be a song. It can be where you were the first time you saw it. Just like first thing that pops in your head, you're like somebody's like, "Hey, Tokyo Drift," and you're like, "This is what you think of." I mean, I think of a character being named DK. I just always think about the, the little joke. He's like, "Yo, you know what DK is? It's Donkey Kong." It's good. Yeah, that's like perfect. That but probably that scene. You know, the scene in every Fast and the Furious movie where you show up with your car. There's hot chicks everywhere. Everybody's got their car there. Everybody's partying, listening to music, and and they're planning on racing. And that scene, that actually might be the, my favorite scene in the movie. Sean and DK meet each other for the first time, and and then you know they go up the elevator, and and Bow Wow's telling telling Sean about how he you know giving the crash course in drifting, and the elevator door opens up, and the two cars drift by. Oh man, I, I love that scene. That's that whole sequence is awesome. You know, I think, and I'm going to jump in here, Joe. My for the first thing I think of when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this question. Good. The first thing I think of when I think of this movie, I think maybe it's just because in the title. But it's just the line, again, that same scene, I think, drift? What do you mean, drift? Just the way that he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, yes. and I don't know what world I'm getting into. Yes. And I feel like Sean sort of embodies a lot of, you know, white boy American people going to see this movie. Like, they probably know that there's a car scene in Japan, but they don't know what that entails, drift what that it looks like. Drift I don't think was, like, a as well-known as it should have been for this to be, like, a huge American movie, right? 
like it was probably the first introduction of drifting to a lot of people is what you're saying and like and i agree and so i think that the way that he says that question and then like the elevator doors open and we just see the car drifting in front of us like it's our introduction and also sean's introduction to that world to that type of driving to that type of racing and i just think it's so cool you know there's a lot of things about this movie that i love you know, the soundtrack is great. I, I want to hear your answer soon, Joe. But I think when I think of this movie, it's that one line because it's just like, I don't know what I'm about to get into, but we're in Japan. We're in a new place, a new country, and we're just part of it now. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, there's a scene that is definitive, like the first thing I think of when I think of this movie, and it's Sean drifting through Shibuya Crossing and everybody moving out of the way just because I think it's like a beautiful shot. Weird, and to see him like drift around the corner there and all the people just spread really slow in slow motion, I think that's like the pinnacle scene for me. And second would probably be like Han when he's on the top of the building and like that speech that he gives. But the first thing you would say when you thought to say Tokyo Drift to me is just like that drift around the crossing. I love it. It's a, I mean, that's a great scene. There's a lot of, you know, to use Brian Late Night Rodriguez's term, iconic imagery in this movie. Yes. Especially since that comes back in 6, right? The end of the, in the, at the end of 6, that that whole scene of them drifting through yeah. and then Han getting wrecked, like that all comes back. And that's especially poignant because Han dies there, but also comes back and it's in two movies and everything. So absolutely. Yeah, this movie's beautiful. Yeah. This is the first one that, that Justin Lin directed. So this really sort of set the pace he did three through six and he's coming back i think maybe for not for hobson shaw i don't think but i think for nine, nine and ten. ten yeah he's gonna do nine and ten but he really sort of set the visual palette the visual yeah. tone for the franchise and even though this movie is in a new place new characters all sorts of new stuff it feels like the later movies because he directed and he sort of you know put his touch his vision on it yeah even there's only a couple of times where you know i i looked at something i'm just like Oh, that's computer generated and it looks really awkward. And I think just the only one that really stands out to me is the bra in the first uh, race scene when the girl throws the bra. Like it's I made so a note of that for the first time today. <laughs> it's it's so blatantly like like really you had to computer generate the bra. It looks so bad. Other than that, I I really think the movie looks flawless. Well, so I made a note of that because if we're to assume that they're seniors in high school, right? That they're eighteen it's still okay. They're probably not all 18, and, like, we're supposed to, like, it's sexualizing this high school girl in a way that feels a little icky that I never thought about until this time. I was just like, oh, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, it was just, it's not a huge thing, but I was also like, oh, that's kind of, uh, ugh. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just to exist for the fact that Sean had to say the amazing line, she was just admiring my ride. Like, <laughs> which is such an awesome one. It's one of my favorite lines in the movie. But yeah, it's I never thought about it that way, Joey. And actually, it did kind of catch me off guard when I was thinking near the end of the movie when they're driving down the mountain. Like, oh my gosh, for like 17, 18-year-olds, these dudes can drive. Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you are as a really skilled in a short period of time. I don't want to just put pressure on you, but this is kind of, like, your chance to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Joe and I have already talked about this movie, actually, five times now, because we did a crossover episode last oh, lap. Oh, God, yes. We talked about it on Mike's episode That's and right. Brian's episode. So we've talked about this movie a lot. So I want to hear from you, like, what are your favorite parts about this movie, your least favorite parts? You know, we already know that you love Han certain things that he does that you love you know things but maybe even about other movies too like where where do you want to start like what's your favorite part you know your favorite scenes lines moments whatever about tokyo drift there's a lot i actually have have a lot written down so i'm going to try and narrow it down to the essentials my first of all we got nothing but time well then in that case let's just start with han's compound i mean his garage yeah his garage well it's a compound you show up and level one is you know cool dive bar 
Level two is, you know, crazy hot girls and DJ. And level three is a shop and a bunch of little beds on a shelf. Yeah, I guess that's right. I've never really connected it until you said it. Han does kind of live in that, like, dive bar nightclub place. I always assumed that the garage and the, like, pod beds and stuff like that were Han's and he just, like, lived next to this club. Not that he had that, too. But you're right. Maybe it's part of his compound. That makes sense. They never show, like, where Han rests his head. They they, they never establish it because it always just seems like he's up and about and doing the something. He never seems, sleeps, brother. Yeah, he seems like a vampire. Like, he never sleeps. Yeah. I also feel like there's a history in these movies of, like, never really having a firm sense of, like, where people sleep. Nobody's house. You get one we house. have yeah. Brian sleeping at the auto parts store. In the turbocharged prelude, he's in his own house, and we're not sure where that is. And then, you know, last episode we were talking to Chris about, are they sleeping on a boat? Where is Roman sleeping? Is he on Tej's boat? Like, yeah. I feel like the movie, and I think it's kind of a cool thing, that vampire or just, like, always on the hustle or whatever, that these guys and these women are just too busy. Like, aside from, like, scenes where you open on Dom and Letty in bed, just sort of relaxing in a country with no extradition, like later in the franchise, you kind of don't know a lot about where they sleep. Aside from, you know, Dom's house, I guess, in the first movie. Yeah. A lot of them are kind of mysterious in that way, and I think it absolutely works for Han's character. I don't even think we see a bedroom in Dom's house, right? We only see, like, maybe Mia in, like... Well, we see Mia in her room studying. Yeah. We see that, and then we know that they go upstairs to, uh, you know... God, what's his name? Goes up to, to detail a car without the without the hood on or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 Jesse. Um, and then we know that... Dom and Letty go upstairs at some point because Letty's like, no, we're done. We're going upstairs. Other than that, yeah, we don't. Other, I don't think we see other bedrooms. Yeah, nobody's ever sleeping. But I, th- I like that, Duke. I think that that's cool. That's a uh, like a, a nice little sort of insight into like the yeah. mystery of Han. Because I think that's why people love him. I think that's why he came back because like we know there's more to him. We just don't know what that is from this one movie. By doing so little with the character, kind of, they they give him so much. They they make him mysterious, like you said. Just kind of give him the the little moments of of wisdom. Everybody wants to be around him. He just seems like everybody's best friend. He knows everybody and every, yes. like the other thing that gets me about it is, you know, he when he he takes his car and finally starts driving and he does the big circle around the car with the two girls in it. Yep. Yes. And they give him his phone number. Like does mm-hmm. he just like when he's done because this ties in my with my compound idea. Does he like just give one of his boys that number and they assign him them to like a level of the compound? I don't know because I was thinking about like I don't know if we <laughs> talked about this in another lap show, but like Giselle's body is like still warm, right? Like I know that like it's it's a couple months later or whatever, but like Giselle was the love of his life, and I know he's sort of showing I, off to Sean. But like, what does he do with the number? I think I'd have to fuck my way out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would be like, wow, I'm really sad about this. Like, I'm going to fill my life with, like, booze and hookers for, like, a while. Yeah, I get that her body's still warm, but at the same time, I think that that would be my reaction to it. I don't know if we have a concrete number. I think that, you know, a couple episodes ago, we did that thing with Mike where it was, like, the more kind of concrete timeline of where the movies like the sort of the the time shifted knowing how things are sort of out of place a little bit remember joey did that yes. like the where things are how long do you think it is from the end of six where giselle dies on the plane to the start of this movie a couple months i mean i guess it's, it's enough time for him to get ingratiated with like with the yakuza yeah he's like in with dk and they seem like they've been together for kind of a while, right? Because he's like, you were robbing pachinko parlors when I met you. And, and he seems like he has a criminal enterprise now. And if everybody knows who DK is, like, turnover's quick in Japan, but 
you'd have to like kind of establish yourself. So I'm, it has to be at least a year, right? Like, okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can see that. If he doesn't, he's always been he's been stealing from him. His uncle finds out, and it only takes yeah. like it couldn't have been going on for very long. If Han, assuming that Han was was skimming off the top nearly right from the get go from their relationship, don't you think the uncle would have probably stepped in fairly quickly? So yeah, I'll give it a year. Yeah, because like you give it like six months for like Han to get to establish himself, meet DK, and then they start doing this, and then six months later the uncle kind of finds out. So and what do you think the timeline of this movie is like? a month or maybe a little bit less like not a crazy amount of time right how long do you think it would take him let's put it this way joe if you were a decent driver like <laughs> going doing your 10 seconds or less driving mildly soundly good at you know fixing a car you know amateur wise how long do you think it would take you to learn how to drift i mean just one rocky montage that's <laughs> no but the but the thing that you're not factoring is, is this is a kid in high school with seemingly endless free time and apparently endless resources because of Han and because of like yeah the, no job the endless resources in. and like all he does is like go drift all day maybe a month maybe six because it feels like aside from that this could all take place in you know maybe two or three weeks but i think factoring in the time it takes him to get proficient enough to keep up with dk which again maybe is jumping too too much too soon maybe a month six weeks two months maybe i think six weeks is a good call yeah i also like that because one of the things that would bother me more about this and maybe think it would be longer is how quickly han is to trust him but they just rationalize it han's just like yeah why not like sure well han trust you but then later on if we like flash forward flash back we know that like Han gravitates towards like criminal kind of dudes, right? Like why would mm-hmm. why would Han trust Dom? Sean is so much Brian, so much Dom. Not in the same sense, but like similarly that like Han would look at him and be like, Yeah, he reminds me of my old friends. You know what I mean? Like he's too like much of like a natural criminal for me to not trust him. Because he's True. not like a thief or something. He's just like a kid that's getting into trouble and he's like, Okay, yeah, you could join my crew. The real question is, why the fuck does Dom trust Brian? Maybe because of Mia? Definitely not. I would be even more skeptical of somebody my sister liked. Uh, that's true. Well, I guess you're also, I guess, sort of like Dom. I was going to make a joke about how you're like a stereotypical aggro dude, but like, no. so is Dom. I don't know. It's, it's I'm, hard. I'm know. not. Like, I wouldn't be like... But as a protective older brother, I mean. I mean, No, I, I wouldn't. I, would just, I think she makes... I would be more skeptical of her life choices than I would of the guy. So I'd Shout be like... Maria. Hi, Maria. I know she's not probably not listening, so hopefully oh, she never not. hears this. But yeah, I would be like more like questioning, like, why does she like him more than like, why is he here, you know? Maria, just remember, these are the words of your brother, not me. Do not message <laughs> me on Facebook when he does not answer. This is all between you and him. I love you, Maria. Thank you for listening, Maria. Yeah. My two cents. Brian outs his police status right in front of him to save Vince. Then doesn't he he tackle Mia to protect her during the drive-by yep, where Jesse yeah. gets caught? Yes. And then he rolls out with Dom to go take down take down the bad guys. I mean, and then of course then the the, the last little race Dom goes car. down, he gives him his car. I mean, Yeah, but I'm saying before that, why did he trust Brian to begin with? When Vince is like, he's a fucking cop, you know it. Yeah. Cuz like this this would be the timeline of like Han trusting Sean, right? It wouldn't be like after he proves himself. And I do think that the whole like Sean's DK's kryptonite thing plays into Han too because he's like ultimately I'm fucking this guy over like I'm gonna need somebody on my side why not like make this a name for this kid and have him on my side Duke what else what else about this movie do you uh do you want to talk about like what else do you love what do you think of the the supporting cast of characters like we got we talked about Han a little bit but like Mila Twinkie the whole like DK his his boys you know what do you think about these guys I don't know if we've ever actually talked about this in comparison Joe but like how they stack up to like the sort of 
the second tier, third tier character is like from the other movies in your mind? I think because it's such a small cast. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's it's, it's smaller in comparison. Small. I agree, it's relatively small. They really do a good job spreading it around. Short of like, there's a couple of things, and I was gonna go into this with like the things about the movie that like just make absolutely no sense, and also just kind of make me go, "What?" I'll toss a couple of those in just because we're talking about uh, the character of the dad. He's definitely the weakest of the characters, kind of to me. He's this huge strict. Navy guy, uh, a lieutenant, I believe, from what I checked online from the the uniform, and he seems like he's really being hard on. Like, don't even, I don't even want to know. Can't even be near a car, and out of nowhere, like your son's just not showing up. You're taking his words, saying that he's doing extra curricular. Ah, curricular. I can't even speak. He's doing extra shit at school. Yes. (laughs) He just seems like he's supposed to be this hard ass, but yet he's the biggest pushover in the movie. Is he a pushover, or is he never home and busy and doesn't really notice? That's a good point. They never they never establish what he does in the Navy. I mean, I assume, I mean, maybe he's some kind of a mechanic engineer or something like that. You know, I was thinking this time, and I don't know that this comparison holds up at all, because we don't know a lot about Dom's past, but I wonder if there are any parallels between Dom and his father and Sean and his father. Because we know that Dom's car that he eventually uses was his father's car, right? Yes, true. And we know here, the car that Sean eventually uses to beat DK is the car. It's not really his father's car, but it's the car that his father found and sort of started to restore. I have to imagine that at some point, either in one of the main movies in a flashback or some kind of spinoff or prequel or something, we're going to know about Dom growing up. Maybe in this Netflix series about his cousin, whatever. I feel like we're going to get to know more about Yeah, Dom's we need history. to get to that point, right? But I wonder how much of the, the limited story, the limited relationship we see here, of respect but also butting of heads because they're two strong personalities, I wonder how much similarity there is between Sean and Dom with regards to their fathers. I don't know, but as I was watching this movie this time, I was noticing how similar this movie is to One. They went to Tokyo, but this is like the same setup as one in like a very similar way you know maybe they switch it out Neela maybe she's like DK's girlfriend not Dom's sister but like Sean is definitely the Brian character and like Han is definitely the Dom character right and like it just like very parallels this and you're right like when you brought up the dad and his car and his son like this is a very like Dom thing and there's just like lots and lots of parallels to the first one more so than any of the other ones I think I think that one and three are actually like the most similar story wise and I think what's kind of cool about the Sean character, and again, I don't know this is something that we've talked about yet, but I think that Sean is in ways both Dom in that regard and also Brian yes. in that he's being brought into a new world, and I think the Brian comparison is easier to make and more obvious. Yes. And, you know, Han is to some extent his Dom. Yes. But I think there's Dom in Sean too, and I think yes. for a character that we really only get in this movie and then like two minutes of in, in Seven, you know, I think there's there's interesting stuff at play with 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 Sean. I like the Sean character a lot. I don't see the parallel. Dom's dad and him were really, really close. And Dom's dad died when he was already at least a teenager. Okay. He went to jail for nearly beating a man to death. You probably can't do that unless you're a strong... Vin Diesel, I would imagine, was pretty jacked when he was 16. But did they ever ever say that? How old he was when he he went to jail? No, but now that you mention it, he probably had to be 18, right? Like, for them to try him as, like, an adult. And then Sean... He tells Neela that dad and mom split when he was like three. And I wonder how long after that. I mean, when when you're in the Navy, you tour all over the place. They can send you different places. But I wonder how long 
he's been in Japan as opposed to maybe America and being somewhere where Sean could have talked to him. It just doesn't seem like they have any kind of relationship. I think he's just like mad at him that he left kind of thing, like that they, his parents split. So I think it's more resentment from that. But it also, you're right, it doesn't seem like his dad really cared, right? Like he, his dad like had given up on the relationship because by the time Sean shows up, he's like, uh, these are the rules, take the bedroom. Like, I don't give a fuck, pretty much. I'm sorry, I gotta let my whore out first. Actually, so Duke, here's a very important <laughs> question for you. Go ahead. This is something that I am alone on my mountain um, in terms of, and I'm going to ask this question as objectively as I can. So in this movie, Sean flies from... Just describe the scene, and then we'll get... California <laughs> Duke to Tokyo. Tokyo answers, yeah. And shows up at his dad's house, and his dad says, I thought you were showing up on the 7th. And Sean says, it is the 7th. And then his dad sort of makes a look, and then says, hold on a minute. Well, he says, your mom said you were showing up on the 7th. Right. You know, he lets the his, his uh, nighttime lady friend out of his house, and then, you know, welcomes Sean in. Someone here... There was something was lost in translation here. Who do you think is at fault? Is it Sean's dad? Was his dad wrong, or was his mom wrong, or like what? What? What do you think happened here? Where's the miscommunication? All right, assuming mom doesn't seem like the sharpest tool in the shed, but dad also seems he's absent-minded. I mean, he doesn't really have to think about anybody but himself. It could be either. Maybe it was the fact that dad just is kind of used to being a lone wolf and not having much responsibility and kind of dropped the ball. Or maybe mom screwed up the time that the, the flight was leaving or gave them the wrong flight information. I I don't know. That's that's a tough question. If I'd have to pick one, I'd have to say it was dad's fault. And that's like kind of a plot device to show that he's on his own and he's not used to worrying about or taking care of anybody but himself. Oh, hell yeah. I like, I like your finally. logic better than Joey's. Well, sure. so, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Duke share. is finally... I'm not alone in my corner anymore. The basic thing against us in that regard is that he's a Navy man. He's this, you know, rigid military guy. He's He knows, like, army time. Like, he knows. Right. Yeah. But I still think that, like, because the whole, the whole thing is that, like, my point is that if he was expecting, so, like, it's the 8th, like, you know, Sean leaves on the 7th or whatever and gets there on the 8th, but he thinks it's the 7th. No. So the argument against us is No, that's is not that what the, happened, though. Ugh, what, what happened? <laughs> His mom calls the dad and says... Yes. Sean's arriving on the 7th. He's like, well, she's a dumbass, and he's leaving on the 7th, so that means he'll get here on the 8th. And then he's like, I got one last night to bone down a hooker. <laughs> and what was bone down from? I don't remember, but I was, I was thinking the same exact phrase. It's from something that we talked about. I don't it's remember the, what, though. It was like one movie that we were watching. So he's going to bone down this hooker, and yeah. then he knows that Sean's going to show up the next night. That's what he's thinking. He's just thinking, Mom's a dumbass. She says he's arriving on the 7th, but that means he's leaving on the 7th. But mom really wasn't a dumbass and said he, like, meant he's leaving on the 6th, arriving on the 7th. Sean shows up a day early. Because Joey was arguing that his dad just, like, went to go get him, thought that Sean never showed up, and then, like, just banged a hooker the next night, and they were, well, like, then I think two he, nights away. Well, I think away. the next night he just resumed his normal life, which is just getting a hooker. <sighs> no. I think that's a simpler explanation than, like, you making all sorts of assumptions about, like, I know that the mom is sort of, oh, it's actually Ms. this or whatever. Yeah, like, I understand that, like, they set her up. Uh, is it illegal to smoke in here? Like, that? Come While on. While there is a sign directly behind the cop that says no smoking. I understand all that, but I think that you're making a lot of assumptions, and I'm just glad, same reasoning or different reasoning, I'm no longer alone in the corner of Sean's dad screwed up. Do you guys much, much, much better logic about it that they're showing that they're, they're like it's it's a character expose of the dad 
as opposed to he like really forgot the time or something. What else you got? Any other thoughts that you want to share about Tokyo Drift? I'm going to start looking through my notes too, but anything else that you want to talk about? I want to talk about two things. Uh, One, the things that really bother me, and two, Tokyo itself, man. Like, this movie does... Have you been there? I've never been to Japan before. I've never been to Asia before. It really makes you feel like that Tokyo is, like, kind of almost a character of the movie. They do a lot of description of the people, like, you know, when they're driving by the cops, and they're like, oh, yeah, if you could do 180K, they don't even chase you. Or when they go, he goes to the bathhouse to get the um, money from the dude with the paw. Which I actually, I meant to look up what he says to the guy with the paw. Do either of you know what he says? He's trying to say okane. That's just like the Japanese word for money or gold. He's like, pay, he's trying to say pay me. Is what he, like Han says pay me. But what I also noticed about that scene is that like, Sean approaches him in the bath towel. Like the guy at the front desk makes him pay and makes him get changed. Gets kicked out. But then when he, when he gets thrown out, he's fully dressed again. So like, the guy waited for him to get dressed and then get thrown out? Like, I don't understand. Because yeah. the guy, the bear paw, is in the towel when he walks out. So I don't understand that there. I kind of wish that Sean got kicked out. In a towel? In the towel. Yes. But maybe it was the paw guy's place. Oh, and he's just oh. like, I want this guy out of here, but I'm going to give him the respect and let him. Yeah, or like, himself. oh, I know, I know why he's here. He's just being a real dick about it. I bet Han's outside. I'm going to throw him out with his clothes on and then pay the man. I like that. That works. Yeah, that makes sense. One thing that is, it's kind of, it reminds me of that, is that, you know, when, when Sean shows up to school for the first day, he shows up late, he's got his uwabaki, and the teacher is yelling at him in Japanese, and Neil is just smiling at him like, look at this dumb white boy, has no idea what's going on. I never noticed before, I looked at the chalkboard, it's a math class, so there's math equations on the yes. board. Yes. But there's so much Japanese in these math equations. I'm like, what kind of like math lesson has this much like lettering and word? It feels like more than just characters. So there's like you know variables like algebraic variables which are in English, I think, I think. But there's also like tons of like Japanese characters. And I'm just trying to think of like what kind of math high schoolers, especially high schoolers that are just you know from all over the world, are learning that has that much language in it. It looked like it looked like it was like maybe pre-algebra or something, right? I guess. I don't know. There's a lot of words in math books, a lot more than you but think. But like, uh, but written on the board, like your teacher's writing like equations and words. Like maybe I don't, it was I don't a know. word yeah. problem. Like Joey. this is the quadratic equation. You're just you can't read it, so you don't know what it says. Or maybe it was a word problem. You know, like if Joey walks down the street and takes ten yeah. gallons of gas from <laughs> from me, how much gas? Do, yeah, no, like one of those, like a giant word problem. Yep. If police cars are sitting at point A and you're at point B. How fast, when do you have to hit the Nas to exceed 180 kilometers per hour to make sure that they don't chase you? Exactly. exactly. That's putting math in everyday, everyday language, everyday usage that even Sean can understand. Another thing about the arcades and, like, you know, the front, the, the front for DK's little storage room that he has where he's running his business and, like, even the cafeteria food at school and the, the fact that the kids go on the roof for like recess at at Mm -hmm. the Japanese school. Like they just painted, you know, like a lot of things that I had only seen really in like animes before that I kind of liked. It exists like that. They're they're not like even painting it in a weird way. Like that's fully what it is. I was, I was at the, um, the soccer field before too. Did you stand there and do the Han speech? You can't get above it. You can only get Uh, onto the soccer field. Like, I don't know how you get up to the, like where Han was, but I was on the soccer field at the bottom. Not, Oh, you fucked up, man. I can make it happen. <laughs> like, trust me, if you think that I wasn't trying to get up there somehow. I was watching with subtitles for the first time, and I like that the guy who somebody's, you know, they're playing, I think 
Twinkie's playing with on the field calls Twinkie a wanker. He's got this like very British accent. He's like, oh, look at this wanker. And then he's like, you know, why don't you sort it out, Han? And Han's like, what do I look like, a zebra? And I just sort of never really paid attention to that like transitionary dialogue, but I, I like those Why? Lines. Oh, yeah, because he's cool. saying, like, I'm not the ref. Yeah. Yeah, what do I look like, a zebra? Yeah. What else, do you, I think you said two things. You want to talk about Tokyo, and there's another thing you want to talk about? Oh, the things that bother me, and in a good way. Like, I watch it now, and I just kind of laugh. One of them being, we already talked about uh, the dad's the dad's whore leaving the house. But, you know, it's not necessarily her. I mean, maybe she was just, you know, cleaning up his apartment. No, no, his apartment was a mess. She wasn't cleaning the apartment. And her, fa- and her <laughs> face is all disheveled. Yeah, so we're, They, we're like, specifically point out that her lipstick is, like, all over the place. She's a very thorough cleaner, Joe. All right, I'm a maintenance man, but I did do some construction for a while. The first thing that really bothers me about this movie is the fact that, you know, it's 3 o'clock on a school day. So, foreseeably, just for the sake of argument, it's Friday at, like, 3.30. There's a huge... Con- I mean, a huge housing development under construction, and there's not one person working to stop these kids from breaking in, driving a, a, a freaking race around this huge development? Are you fucking kidding me? So, okay, so wait, 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 wait. Let's assume, let's assume, let's go back a little bit. They're at the school, right? Everybody leaves. Let's say that maybe that was the pep rally day, because it looks like they're all in jerseys, and it was like homecoming weekend, and they did the pep rally like after school, right? And that's like an assembly. Even then, yeah, it's Friday night. It's probably like give them the assembly like three thirty four. By the time they get to the housing development, it's definitely still light out. It's still like a bright sunny day. Yeah. Yeah. So we could say four. Maybe like there's like really shitty construction workers and they like just cut out early on Friday. Here's my idea that I just had because I never thought about this before until you just mentioned it, Duke. Maybe the investment group behind Shangri La ran out of money. They bankrupt. The project was put on hold. Yes. While they refinanced. That's and the so only there's thing this, like Oasis of. that's just about done. The final kick, the kinks have to be worked out of contracts so they can, you know, resume construction. Just in terms of what was being done, there was lots of materials. There were still porta potties everywhere. Clean well, it porta hasn't been potties. sold yet. They like yeah, clean... the bank claimed it, but they didn't sell it. But clean porta potties, materials everywhere, and you know, framing done. Like a, a lot of like the the chief principal stuff of what you do for all of these buildings. I mean, it, it just it seemed like such a big lot. And the fact that the kids just broke in and that nobody stopped them or the race. Like, it's not like even at the end of that scene, there's not like cop cars like circling in or something like that. Like nobody's paying attention to what all these these all these stupid kids just breaking into this development. But Joey, yes, that was my one thought. (laughs) Have you ever seen Arrested Development? Yes. It's like the whole plot. It's empty lot for like years. So you could have done that in Arrested Development. Nothing would have happened. I made an observation in the scene, too, is that, you know, we talked about Zachary Ty Bryan. We call them home improvement in the past. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm going to say they're doing anything but home improvement here, if you know what I mean. Ah. <laughs> you know what I learned today for the first time, guys, on, like, a home improvement note? Tim Allen was busted with, like, two pounds of cocaine before. Did you know this? He was a cat burglar. No, he, he got... Really? Maybe he was a cat burglar, too. But today, for the first time, I learned that before Tim Allen was on Tool Time... And a comedian, as he got busted with two pounds of cocaine, gave up everyone, snitched the whole crew out, and did like two years in jail, or three oh, years wow. in jail, and then came out and was like, I'm going to be a comedian now, and then became Tool Time. I know that he was busted before he was a comedian, he, uh, he was busted for cocaine, but I had no idea he was a freaking snitch. Yeah, it was two pounds. It was like, he was moving weight, like serious weight. I thought he would just like got, because you know, this was when I was a kid, and somebody told me 
uh, I don't know how long. It's been a long time, but I think someone just told me like, oh yeah, he got you know busted for cocaine at some point. It was never like huge weight. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It was, it was massive, massive amounts of cocaine, like trafficking levels, and he was going to get life shit. in prison, and then snitched on everyone, and that's how he got out, and now he's Tim Allen. Yeah, incredible. Sorry for the Tim Allen tangent, but I learned that today and was very, very intrigued by it. I looked Are it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he was doing a little home improvement before, too. <laughs> the last thing that I wrote down, the last my, my last new lab observation this time, is that none of us have kids, but can you imagine if you're a dad, and you know, especially now, like, not a new dad, but a new again dad, if you will, like, you suddenly have responsibility for a kid that, like, you haven't had, you know, seemingly in years, right? Yes. Can you imagine having enough time? I mean, maybe, you know, his dad's life is sort of in shambles or whatever, but having enough time to drink five full beers waiting for your kid to come home? Like, how long and how, like, nervous and, like, angry you have to be to drink five beers? Like, probably, like, you're not pounding beers. You're probably, like, sipping them, like, I'm going to have a beer, wait for him to come home. And then I'm going to have a second beer. He's going to be home. And then, like, during five No, you drink that first one real fast because you're like, I'm pissed off. He should be here any minute. And, like, he's blowing his time. And then, but like, the second imagine, one, like, the like, time oh, it takes to drink five beers and just, like, stare and stew and fume at the front door. Like, at least two that's, hours. That's a lot of time to just be, like, angry in that chair. It's at least two hours. I bet he gets up a, a couple of different times and does some stuff, kind of waits. To see, oh, I think Sean might be coming. Runs back to the chair and, like, you know, <laughs> takes a like motherfucker and takes a huge chug. <laughs> yeah. That's how I picture it. I mean, I mean, that's what I would do. If I was waiting up for, like, I, I mean, I'm not a parent, but. If I was waiting up for my daughter, I'd be horrified because I know if I have a daughter, I'm just going to be that type of dad. But if it was like my son, I would just be like, you know, sitting there drinking a beer. I'd probably get up and make a snack. And then, yeah, if I heard him come home, I'd run back to the chair and pretend I'd just been sitting there for a really long time pissed <laughs> off. Or knowing this guy, he's like, you know, he's got another hooker in the back room. He's just like, hold on, hold on, wait, we got to stop. Hold on. I think he's, yeah. never mind. We can keep going. Was it only five beers? I feel like there was more beers on the kitchen well, table. There and... were five on the table next to him. And I think there were like two or three on another table, like in a different part of the room. So he might be just moving from chair to chair and drinking beers. But there's five on the table immediately next to him. Maybe he's just like a drunk the whole time. And maybe that's maybe. like why his mom left. And maybe he's just like been an alcoholic for years. And, and to drink 10 beers takes him 20 minutes. Like, who knows? Maybe he wasn't waiting even that long. He's just getting hammered. He doesn't drive. He never. He's never behind a wheel in this movie. Ah, he's just fixing the broken car. You're right. Duke, any other thoughts about Tokyo Drift? Because we've got some games we want to play with you. Okay. Um, you know, some really important stuff here at the end. But before we, uh, you know, wrap up. I want to get one in. Can I get one in? Sure, go, go for, for it. it. This movie sells me on the techniques that Justin Lin moving when in that very, very first scene when she moves her one leg from another and you get just that little flip of the skirt. Like, that is it where you're just like, this movie has like all of these little pieces, right? Like, cause that's like the yeah. first glimpse that we get of it. And like, that's when I was sold. And I remember that moment so much. Cause it's just like such a little like fatal trap. What's the movie or the, the one where Charlize does it or what's her name does it? You mean Basic Instinct? Not Basic Instinct. Basic, yes, Basic yes, Instinct. that one. Yes, the one that looks like Charlize. That one. Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. In that movie, yes, she does. So, yeah. So you get like a little bit of that nod too, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Just going to fire off the things that bother me real quick. There's no way that you'd escape a crash like that in a Viper with just cuts and bruises. (laughs) Both of those kids are fucking dead. Yeah, they're dead. dead. Sean's car would probably hold up a little bit better, but the Viper would just be, like, in shambles. That steel thing would have gone straight through the entirety of that Viper. I I had a neighbor who had one when I was a kid, and that thing is made of paper. Yeah, 
second thought of something that bothered me just because I want to be the the Justin Timberlake of Japan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Same. really badly. I don't think we can be, but I would try. Oh, God. I know I had two other things on here that bothered me. Damn it. So why don't you look for that, and we will sort of transition to our games, and as we're introing these, you can sort of look through your notes, and we'll go from there. Does that sound good? Yeah, go ahead. So, Duke, when we started this podcast... We found a quiz. Joe found a quiz online on Zimbio.com. It's sort of mm-hmm. a uh, Teen Vogue kind of like or BuzzFeed-style quiz, like which Fast and Furious character are you? We took the quiz. We thought it was good, but it was sort of whatever. We Like, we could do it better. And so we came up with our own quiz. So we have a quiz with seven questions, six answers per question, scientifically proven. There's 20 answers, 20 outcomes you can be. So we're going to find out which Fast and Furious character you are. Mr. Dan Hayden, are you ready for this? I'd like to first see your medical journal notes proving its scientific authenticity. Well, I will tell you that we have 279,000 some odd uh, possible outcomes. Sort of like a, I use it every time, but a Doctor Strange 14 million ways that Thanos can beat us and we can beat him in one. 279,936 outcomes. We've done the math. We've crunched the numbers. Yeah. Well, in that case, I've come to barter. Whatever best suits you as a person, as Dan the Duke Hayden. Question number one, Duke, how fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, Razor Scooter. Oh, man. I'm pretty fast. I bet I'm fast as a Prius. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Nah, nah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Prius. Just give me the Prius. Okay. Duke, how furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer from Thirty Rock? Oh God, I hate to do it, but I'm gonna go with the, the with Christian Bale. Okay. Gonna, okay. Pretty furious. Duke, we're having a barbecue. You know, I just had a barbecue. You just came down. Thank you again for coming down. Well, thanks how for are you me. helping? Are you manning the grill, saying grace? kicking back with a beer, babysitting, being the entertainment, or sneaking a snack? Uh, I'm kicking it with a beer. Okay. Now, Duke, you've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or working on your computer? Oh, man, I'm, I'm probably drinking a beer. All right. Two beer-related things back-to-back. Totally fine, totally fine. we got more beer stuff coming up, so don't you worry. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Duke, I don't know if one of these actually describe your wedding, but describe your wedding for me. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. Everyone I know is there. Okay. Duke, congratulations. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage? A private plane? I'm gambling it all away. My child at home? A fleet of cars? Or a new life? Oh, man. Even though I love my new home, it'd be super cool to buy the family home. So I'm going to go with the family home. Okay. I think based on that answer, I know what he's going to get, but we'll see. (laughs) Duke, last question. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or whatever you're having? Oh, damn, that's tough. I like to do the whole, like, if somebody's drinking something that, that I know I like, I do like the camaraderie of being like, I'll have what he's having. Go really, your gut, really like man. That. Especially if I'm in a brewery and, and I've never been there before. I like walking up to somebody who looks like they know the place or is talking to everybody. I'm like, I'll have yep. what he's having. Yep, so I'm going exactly. to go with that. All right. I oh. do it all the time. That's why I added that one. That's a good one. That's a good Duke question. did not get who I thought. I thought when you said you were going to get your child at home, I thought that was a slam dunk. You're going to be Dom Toretto. You're not. Who am I? You are someone who is uh, – he's the fifth most popular in terms of the oh. odds – Someone we have not had yet. Someone, Joe, oh. do, you, do you remember? Do you remember who I, the guy that I wanted? 
that the original version of this quiz I got, and then when I lost him, I got very upset? Yes. I know exactly who it is. You want to share? Who is it? Who is it, Joe? Who is Joe? Nobody. You are Mr. Nobody. Oh, cool. Kurt Russell. Yeah. People awesome. see you as a bit of a mystery, and you love it, which so far, very true. You've got more going on than anyone realizes, but your greatest joy comes from executing a plan perfectly and leaving everyone around you wondering how you pulled it off. You're great at keeping secrets, but you're always willing to help those who can help you. You don't have family, so to speak, because letting people too close might dissipate some of your mystical aura, so you'll settle for friends. And you drive like Like the the wind blows. blows. Whoa. All right. Well, that none of that describes me. I'm not nearly that cool, but oh my god, I love <laughs> Kurt Russell. So, and I love I love him in that movie. But yeah, Kurt Russell's one of my favorite action stars. So that's fucking awesome. You are our first Mr. Nobody. Shout out yes. to Wes Hampton for writing that. We're getting a nice again. spread on this quiz Fantastic. too, Joey. So that's awesome, by the way. So so far, Duke, we have I'm Mia. Joe is Dom, and we <laughs> have a Roman, a, another Dom, a Ramsey, a Brian, and a Mr. Nobody. So we are rounding up the family in in great shape. Yeah. That's good. I got family. You have family. So now, Duke, we got two more games first. First up, this ain't no 10-second race, a.k.a. boy, Did we play we... that before the car game? Yes. And I'm going to say it every time when you ask that question. Every episode, we play this first. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> every episode. And I never so now, remember. Duke, what we're going to do, and also, by the way, I've been playing this game on my own now that, we have, now that I'm more active on Too Fast, Too Forever. Joe, I am killing it when it doesn't matter. But when the pressure is on, <laughs> cannot make contact. So, Duke, the, the, the point here, the question here is to go on Twitter and search, find a tweet that of someone who said something that you think might like this podcast, if that makes sense. So what we're going to do to them is we're going to respond to that tweet with our official at Too Fast Too Forever account. Say, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Hashtag 2F2F. Hashtag Fast and Furious. Link to our show page. So now, Joe, before, while, while you guys look that up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look now at our last, uh, the tweets we got last game. Okay. Okay. So we're going to review last one. So, Joe, last time I found at Shelby Kessler, watching the Fast and Furious, no one talked to me, no one interrupted me. And then she said, unless your initials are IMG, boy, do we have a podcast for you. She did not block us, which I thought she might, but she did not respond. So no points for me there. Mm-kay. Joe, you found at LoserKid745. You know you care about that woman but want to be nonchalant. Find she fucking with another blank because you said, I thought we were just kicking it. I don't want nothing serious. Now you heartbroken, crying to Tyrese songs. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Chris Malika, our guest, found at Louiser, L-U-I-Z-Z-E-R, why are you sewing in the closet and watching Fast and Furious? With a picture of a woman in the closet sewing and watching Fast and Furious. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Lulu responded, is it entertaining? And I said, we sure think so. Give it a shot. We put out a new episode every two weeks and have a new guest almost every time. Five points. Chris, Chris. jeez, okay, cool. So, Chris, if you're listening, and I don't know that you are, you are now in fourth place all time. So, Duke, the point of this game is to find people who would like the podcast. If they like, retweet, reply, or email us, you get get points. points. So, keep in mind, Joe and I are both very bad. I'm worse than Joe. I'm going, I'm going. (laughs) I got, I'll give you my, I'll give you mine first is like a little, this is probably a bad example, but I'm going to give you mine first. Okay. Read it out loud. It's from Han Swolo. at Diesel the Diesel said girlfriend was hungry when I got off work so I cooked up some homemade fried chicken and mashed potatoes and I don't think she has ever been more in love with me hashtag husband material Whoa. and that just hits so many notes for us right truly I don't boyfriend know that we have material. a podcast I don't know if this podcast is the one for him also he's 
cover photo on Twitter is the MCU, so we got the HTML show for him too. So what of a podcast network for you, but I'll just say podcast for you. Yes. Fast, Fast and Furious. But I liked Han Swolo a lot. Oh, me too. That's, Did you just search Han on Twitter and that's what you found? <laughs> Pretty much. I'm trying to think of something that would work. It's, it's a really easy game because it's really bad. It's really hard. Like, I wonder if like I'd find I could find somebody who's like just listening to like Bow Wow's first album. Do it. For, that's a good choice. For the first time. So how like like give me an example. I'm terrible with this shit. Like like how do I search that then? Search like Bow Wow's song and then just go from there. Because I'm sure somebody's talking about one. Oh oh okay that's a great idea. I just found mine. It's from Joshua Green at Lucifer X L V C I F E R X. Okay. Someone named Ragnarok said, spell the greatest movie of all time using these keys. And he crossed out a handful of keys. And Joshua Green says, fast and furious. Oh. Boy, do we have a podcast. That's a good one, actually. Damn. Joe, I think, I, you know, I'm kind of zeroing in on, like, what works. Yeah. I'm still not good. By no means am I good. You know, my success rate, again, I don't know if we're getting listeners this way, but we're getting likes, we're getting comments, we're getting replies. The brand is getting out there slowly but surely. Yeah. Oh man. Go ahead. You don't even know. I'm I'm about I'm about to send you a link to Bow Wow's Twitter page. Ooh. See see if maybe he'll reply to you. We've tried so, it. We've tried we some. We, we had one person take a Kobe shot at Vin Diesel, who has 20 tweets all time. Believe it or not, did not repeat. Did not reply to us. But oh. but it doesn't matter if that person replies. Anybody replies. Anybody likes it. Anybody responds. Yep. So yeah, let's do it. Send us the shot. And then, Duke, I'm going to have you, once you paste it here, I'm going to have you read it out loud. Oh, it's just uh, new music. Bow Wow Greenlit, six mictapes full. Retweets. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's from at S Moss, which I think, you know, that's, that's, that's official Bow Wow, but I also do think... Shade Moss. You know, it reminds me also of Smouse, S.Mouse. Remember from uh, Angry Boys? Did you watch that Chris Lee show? No. Well, S Moss, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Reply. All right. <laughs> you know, Duke, you'll have to listen to the next episode, see if you get any points. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing... Probably not, but Probably also maybe not. amazing points. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he retweets it and it's like, this is the dopest shit ever, and you just win by like a million, <laughs> like immediately. All right, Duke, we have, one more, we have one more game to play, and I'm going to let you choose your team. Okay. So the game is that we have people email us pictures of cars. I don't know anything about cars. Joe knows a pretty good amount about cars. I describe the car to him, and he tries to guess it. Would you rather help me describe the car, or do you want to try to help Joe guess the car? Oh, damn. Joey's really bad at both of these. I know virtually nothing about about cars, but I, I'm pretty good at looking at stuff, so maybe describe. Okay. So, Joe, let me see what... This is from Wes Hampton. Shout out Mr. and Mrs. Wes. Here's a new car picture for your guessing pleasure. I'm not sure where this will fall in the realm of Joe being able to guess it. Hopefully somewhere in the middle. He says, every Monday, Mrs. Wes and I have a couple of friends over for a TV night. Just finished Cobra Kai season two. It's so good and everyone should watch it. This car is not from that. Right now we're on a show where this is in um, to get ready for something. Okay. Uh, It's kind of ingrained in West. Keep an eye for interesting cars and movies and TV shows. So he spotted this one in a couple of episodes and had to look it up. Okay. Joe, this car is... I want to say it's American. Let me just make sure. <laughs> That's a good sign. Like, he gives specific answers. Yes, it is American. Okay. Um, it is black. Okay. So the interesting thing here, Joe, is that the type of car... Well, I guess this might be too much of a hint, but the brand, the make of the car... Yes. ...does not seem to align at all with the way that the car looks. So keep that in mind. Okay. Black. It's a two-door, sort of sporty, kind of old muscle-type car. Okay. Big, long front hood, okay? Okay. Kind of got a, a scoop, I think, in the front, maybe? Okay. Yeah. In the back, there's this one has a spoiler. Okay. It's got, on both sides in the back, uh, a dual 
brake light. There's like a three red circles going across the both sides, and then there's like the 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 fender sort of juts out at like a, an angle, like sort of triangular fender. What? And there's three red on both sides above, and three red on is both sides old, below. Is it an old Corvette? Nope. Okay, go ahead. Duke, what, other, what else do you see about this car? Skip the, 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 the first picture I sent you is what what it's from, which I guess you can ignore that just for now. We'll give that to Joe if we uh, we need more hints. But how else would you describe the, the cars in the second and third picture? Uh, it's gorgeous. This car is, <laughs> is really, really nice. It's got wheels and uh, uh, a steering wheel. And, headlights? Uh, what are the headlights like? It's got headlights, man, but I mean, don't don't get ahead of yourself. It's also got what I assume would be a brake, and <laughs> and and a seat. Seats are real cool. I mean, the 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 rear view min- window looks pretty pretty sweet. It's and the awesome. rear view's got some uh, fuzzy dice hanging from it too in these pictures. So okay, don't, don't forget that. Uh, the headlights are there's two circular white headlights on both sides in square boxes. Housings. If that makes sense. The grill is separated by by part of the 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 frame mm-hmm. and the grill is two they almost look like two little speakers ah the front of the grill where it separates the two speaker looking things kind of juts out a tiny little bit oh, there's also a fog light on either side i would assume below the two headlights okay a white fog light is it's slightly it's like gradually slanted sloped backwards kind of like it feels like it's the kind of car where like you're going fast, and you're leaning back in your seat, and you're sort of going with the with the feel of the vibe of the car. Is it... Which I know is maybe the worst clue I've ever given in the history of this game. Is... Well, I have to go through cars now. American make. American um, this make. This is from 1972, okay? Yeah. This car was produced from 64 to 80. Okay. Technically, it's its own model of car from 68 to 71. Oh. In other production years, there's an options package available on other models. The name, and I won't give you the name because that's the point of the game, there's numbers in the name that refer to something specific about the car itself. Is it an Oldsmobile? It is. Yes. Is it an old 442? It is. That's Damn. actually the car that my dad had. He had an old Cutlass, and I, you were describing a Cutlass with the split grow in the front. He had a 70 Cutlass. But yeah, when you gave me that, when you gave me the numbers in it, and it was his own model, then yeah, I feel like I felt like it was a big hint, but I also sort of was running out of things to describe the actual car. It was in season one of Stranger Things. Oh, um, for it's yeah, owned yeah, by yeah. Lonnie Byers, Will and Jonathan's deadbeat dad. Dude, my dad's looks a lot like this. Hold on, I'll have to find pictures of my dad's one and send it to Wes because it looks a lot like this. It's not a four four two. He has a Cutlass. But it didn't have the big engine in it because he got like one that like he had in a kid like when he was a kid, and he doesn't have this uh, wing on the back. But it has the same leather wrap on the roof, all the chrome, and it's this exact same color. Yeah. And actually, he has the same. He has kind of like the rims in like the first one, but not gold in the middle. They're just all silver. But yeah, I'll get some pictures and send it over. That's a really cool car. Wes says that he always thinks about Oldsmobiles being grandma cars. My grandparents had one too. Yeah. But they actually had some pretty nice looking muscle cars in the past, which, yeah, like that's what, that's my first clue that, like, when you think Oldsmobile, you don't think a car that looks like, you know, a, yeah. a Charger or a Challenger, right? Like, it's, this is a cool looking car. Exactly. So, all the Oldsmobile guys, like, although this one's a 72, they hate the 70 post 71, like the second half of the 71s, because that was when the government put this, like, gas restriction up. We had, like, gas shortage and stuff like that so they had to like power down the oldsmobiles to like get into like the miles per gallon range so all the guys that have cutlasses always want like 70 cutlasses because that was like they had peaked in like how much power they were getting per year coming out before they had to restrict it yeah, yeah. these are really fucking cool cars. beautiful car yeah they're gorgeous 
attempt to find pictures of my dad's. I have it somewhere, but but it looks just like this actually, without like the red wheel wells. I made him paint it jet black too, so it's like this really deep black. It's a very very cool car and a very cool car to me. So thank you, Wes, for sending this one. And thank you, uh, Mr. Dan Haven, for joining us on this episode. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. It's good to be here. And also, very good to be a Blues fan, because it looks like they're about to win the Stanley Cup. They sure are. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, I very know. exciting. But there's still time left. St. Louis Blues. No, there's a minute 14. They're, they're up three goals. They I've did just score too much one. hockey, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, sad, it's sad to see hockey go for the season. But yes, thank you guys for having me. This was, this was really fun. This was very different than... Um, my uh not very different because you know obviously half of the crew is here joey but you know mike wasn't here so it was it's it's different i have not done any podcast before besides the ones i've done with you joey and uh and cage club and mike so it's really cool to uh have somebody else to talk to and and bounce ideas off to this is a lot of fun with both of you well i'm so glad that you enjoyed us i'm so glad that you're now officially part of the family that you are our mr nobody that you are here with us for this ride I can't wait to hear from you, even just you know offline on Facebook or whatever, what you think of Fade the Furious, what you think of Hobbs and Shaw. And then once you see those two movies, I want you to email in family at cageclub.me. Let us know your updated rankings, where those two fall in your favorites. So let's see if they, where they, where they crest, where they land. Joe, any final thoughts about Tokyo Drift before we uh, wrap up and come back next week? For a bonus episode, Los Bandoleros. No, I'm glad Dan joined. Um, that was fun. I'm glad that we actually found even more things to talk about in Tokyo Drift that I hadn't thought about before. Mm-hmm. I like new perspectives. Well, for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash Forever or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon at TooFastTooForever.com and come back next week for our bonus episode before we continue lap four with Fast and Furious. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Dan the Duke Hayden. We'll see you next week for Los Bandoleros right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. She wanna break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. Oh, oh, oh. She wants some reggaeton, 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 reggaeton. Oh, 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 oh. Mamacita, oh my God, I think you're on fire. Do you want me to get your water? You make me want to be your baby father. Cause the dance you do is getting harder. I better come before the boys follow.